Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Conference USA Report podcast. Welcome to it. We are right about tournament time. The most exciting time uh, in sports just about, you know? Like, I'm a big basketball fan. I watch a lot of NBA, you know, I love the NBA playoffs, you know. Um, you know, there's there are a lot of sports. I like the World Cup, you know, I'm, I like the Champions League. I'm, I'm a sports fan. But college basketball has the best, most exciting postseason. There's a lot of little tournaments, high-pressure games, back-to-back-to-back. And you get to see a lot of different levels of quality. And it shines through, right? It's exciting. You can watch, like, lower-level soccer, you know, like NASL or something like that. And, you know, you can kind of tell. It's not as entertaining of a product as if you watch, you know, the highest-level teams. Um you know, you watch uh, a tiny, you know, Southland Conference, uh, you know, basketball tournament. There's some differences in quality, but the excitement level is high, right? Because it's all meaningful. So you get a lot of entertainment. Um, it's a great week. Championship week is great. Obviously, the NCAA tournament, I don't have to sell you on that. Uh, it's a billion-dollar business because it is so amazing. All that said, we're coming to the Conference USA Tournament. And uh, I know a good number of you are fans of teams that are leaving this conference, right? Maybe a Marshall, Dominion, Southern Miss. Uh, you know, I think of those three, the old Dominion uh, guys may be thinking, well, we might have something to say in this tournament. Uh, whereas everybody else, you're just kind of thinking, you know, if they win, maybe the first day, and yeah, then I'll kind of pay attention, you know? Because other than that, like right now, man, I don't know about all that. Uh, and you know, that makes sense. I think it, uh, um, you know, it's been, what did I write? It has been a, a difficult kind of season, right? There's a lot of world events going on. Uh, and that's not to say there's not, there hadn't been world events going on previous years or something like that. But, uh, I think we as Americans are more affected by it, right? The pandemic, uh, canceled the 2020 season. It limited last year it was kind of a weird schedule this is a little bit more normal but it's still sort of affected by it you know uh all the way up into recent weeks so it's sort of a return to normal but it's also uh you know like the end of something like an arrow marshall uh southern miss old dominion not going to be part of this league going forward so at the very least next season's basketball tournament is going to look different right um and there's not to say that like north texas uh uab uh rice utsa charlotte are going to be part of this thing next season either given you know how quickly everybody wants to move around we shall see um they're not going to move next week next week is a conference usa basketball tournament the prize as always is a trip to the NCAA tournament. Uh, some nice shares. Uh, I think those shares are going to actually go to the league and whatnot. I'm not sure how the entire revenue sharing agreement works when it comes to the uh, the tournament shares. Um, yeah, so the, the, the league has been a little less than responsive in uh, recent weeks, considering all the things that are happening. But it's still super valuable right for the program you go to the ncaa tournament 
you get to say that you went to the NCAA tournament. Everybody remembers that. It's how you build fans. It's how you uh, sell season tickets. It's how you get recruits. It's how you uh, can pay for coaches. It's how you retain coaches. Uh, it's how you can attract coaches. Um, winning in the NCAA tournament and getting there are just supremely valuable. Anyway, that's the prize, right? The prize. Um, start next week, Tuesday, March 8th. First round in Frisco, hoops at the star. I'm not sure they still use it. I haven't seen that phrasing as as frequently. It's you know the Frisco whatever. I call it the Frisco tournament. Um, I think hoops at the star is kind of kind of corny in my personal opinion. But whatever. Um, first round, March eight. It's it's like the kitty table. It's like a playing round sort of. Um, it is kind of strange to have. An entire regular season to eliminate four teams, right? Out of out of fourteen, so they invite everybody to the tournament. They just give them uh, a more difficult start. And if this is unusual or surprising to you, um, why? <laughs> um, I saw somebody tweet like, you know, I just taking a look at the tournament. It's a lot easier for the for the uh, top two seeds in each of the East and West. You know, I'm just kind of realizing it. Like, yeah. That's that's what you're playing for. Like, were you, were you covering this whole season and didn't know that? So, I mean, it could be, you know, just you see the, the end of the thing. You've been following a terrible team. Then maybe your perspective is different. But, yeah, if you didn't know, if you ain't know, the league gives the first round bye to the top four seeds. In this case, the two seeds from East and West Division. The winner of the West Division was and is North Texas Mean Green. Second place were the UAB Blazers. Uh, North Texas finished 16-2, and of course, losing to UAB and to UTEP this past weekend. UAB uh, split with North Texas, uh, and they lost a, a couple other conference games, including to, uh, um, oh, I'm blinking right now, to Marshall, right? And uh, a couple of other games. Let me just look it up because I'm being silly right now. Old Dominion, forgot about that one, and then Rice. That was just strange. Uh, those are your top two seeds. In the East, the surprise Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Middle Tennessee State University Blue Raiders. 22-9 uh, overall, 13-5 in conference. Uh, wrapped it up at the same time North Texas did. And uh, Western Kentucky snuck back in. I figured they would. Talented team. They were expected to lead the East Division. Um, sort of got back into something like a normal state. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about North, uh, about every one of these teams. We're going to break it down right now. Every one of these teams, um, what it means, you know, what the chances are, what we're going to see. I'm making notes right now. See, click my pen. Um, you know, we'll get into all of that, and we'll put a little timestamp so in case you're wondering, you listen to this later. We're just going to go through all of them. We're going to go bottom to top. Uh, because we're going to get the worst teams out of here first. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about the, the teams that have a chance to win this league uh, a little bit later. So stay tuned for all of that. If you want the premium coverage, uh, and you know, like I said, because I think CUSAReport.com, it's in its last days, right, considering the league is changing. Um, you know, it's... It, we were trying to get by on a, uh, some memberships, and I appreciate everybody that purchased, subscribed, annual, monthly memberships, the whole deal. Uh, so we're going to just kind of, I don't want to say fund the trip, but we're going to sell premium 
memberships, and that means you're going to get access to all the other stuff that we do. We're going to still have, like, the daily updates that we're going to do. We're there, dispatches from there. But all the extra stuff, like the, the extra podcast audio, the um, links to behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, pictures, all that good stuff is going to happen for the premium people, uh, people who pay for premium coverage. And it's 15 bucks. That's what it is. It's super cheap. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. Let's start at the very bottom. FIU versus Marshall. March 8th, first round. We'll talk about FIU. Um, you know, th- this squad is not good. <laughs> Jeremy Ballard's team has kind of fell off. And I think FIU has been hit by the pandemic and pandemic-related um Rules and regulations are just situation worse than all of the other, um, you know, Conference USA teams in football and basketball. Uh, this team had a little something going uh, a couple seasons ago. They were, I mean, not particularly great, but like, say, for example, FIU in 2019 won 20 games. Um, they had beat North Texas in that one, right? Um, at home, and then they lost to North Texas in the first round of the tournament, and they went to, uh, what is it, like the CBI or something like that, and they beat Texas State, and then they lost to like Green Bay or something like that. Uh, it seemed to set up, you know, a good enough future. They won like 19 games the next season or something like that. Um, yeah, that was the season that was that was canceled. Um, you know, beat Rice in the first round of the Conference USA tournament, and then in 2021 just cratered nine wins in that one. And then this season, you know, 15 wins, but in conference play, only five. Five wins. It's been bad. On a four-game losing streak, lost back-to-back games to Florida Atlantic, also to Charlotte, also to Old Dominion. Not supremely good teams, but just clearly a cut above. Uh, The five wins in conference play came against Marshall Western. That was a big win. That was a good win. Um, Southern Miss uh, and Marshall again, and then Rice, right? Not the, the... murderer's row of teams and that's the kind of thing that we can expect from them in this conference tournament with the caveat that every team has the ability to win right it's a one game single elimination tournament anything can happen and usually does happen so i mean of the four teams that are terrible right fiu marshall utsa southern miss we're only going to get two of them that are actually going to get a chance to beat somebody better than them right like, is Marshall or FIU better? doesn't matter. They're going to play each other, right? Six and seven, so you're going to play Louisiana Tech. Can FIU beat Louisiana Tech? Is that possible? Yes, it certainly is possible. Um, at home, back in February, uh, it was an 86-82 loss uh, in that one. Uh, whether or not you think Tech is good uh, kind of determines what you think about that game. I thought Louisiana Tech controlled that game for the most part. And... Um, you know, there are questions about uh, whether what Tevin Brewer is going to play. You know, that's uh, FIU's primary dude. Um, you know, I like Denver Jones. He can get he can get a shot, sort of wherever he wants. He's kind of the bully ball, straight line driver kind of dude. Isaiah Banks, uh, like a defensive stopper. I like him also. Uh, you know, but everywhere else, there's some some questions. Like uh, they got Pinkney. Was it Seth Pinkney? Right playing um 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I have that right. Uh, yeah, Seth Pinkney. Sorry, I was questioning my own writing. Uh, big guy, you know, he he's. There's some questions there, like you know, like it, he gets lost defensively. Uh, like most of these teams, there's going to be a common theme with every one of these teams that are at the bottom of the bracket. Is can you execute when it matters? There's a lot of teams that can look good for a possession or two, uh, defensively, offensively, right? You know, you're like, man, that, they can keep doing that up, doing that, or keep that up. They're going to be good. The problem is that you can't. That's what makes it hard. You have maybe a set where you can get a good play, but can you execute that one? Maybe a different one. Do you have a good um, a fast break offense, right? Early offense is what it's called a lot of times. Uh, you can maybe defend in a zone, but, you know, when your personnel changes, can you keep defending that way, right? Are you good at managing uh, a lot of different screens and counters? We're at the point in time in the tournament where a lot of teams have seen each other, and so they know that you know the sets, and so then they have counters to those sets where maybe a guy is coming off like a zoom screen, but instead of doing that, he stops and goes back, and then they, they have like a pin down or something. This is when it happens. Can your guys think on the feet? Can they execute? Can they do it in the moment? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I'll tell you about FIU. I like Cleveland Brown. Uh, Cleveland Brown, right? He's from San Antonio. Uh He's a big dude. Uh, he he was shooting some threes against FAU. That was that was fun. That was nice. Uh, he could do a little catch and shooting, although he's not really good at catching and shooting. A lot of it, I think, is like rhythm, the whole team. Uh, Tevin Brewer is out. I think he might have missed the tournament game. I don't know. There's questions about that. Uh, Denver Jones, like I said, he's good. But this team, they, you know, there's a lot of guys individually talented. I think the big thing about all of them is that can they can they do it consistently? The answer against like Tech against Western Kentucky, which is the path they have to take. I think the answer is no. Uh, even if you do get by Marshall, right, and make it up to Tech, I don't know that you're getting by Western. You know, I don't know that you're getting by a uh, North Texas after the after that. Western handled you the one time, uh, and then even though there was that surprise win, right, eighty six, eighty three. In, in January, um, that was at home. This is not going to be at home. It's going to be a neutral site game. And also, Western's playing a little bit better than they were at the end of January, which is about a month ago, right, roughly. Um, now, you beat Marshall a couple times. I think you can maybe do it again, even though the the last one was a was a one point win. Marshall's terrible. Marshall will give you the game, but I, I want to say in that one, Marshall controlled some of that game for a good portion of time uh you know so we'll break it down how do you beat marshall in this one right now right well tavion kinsey obviously the number one dude uh he can score from anywhere he's a high flyer he likes to do the um what marshall likes to do is like stick him in the corner sometimes run their offense and then have him sneak in for a lob or a cut back or something like that so if you start zoning up the team um you know marshall has counters for that uh, otherwise, they like to use their bigs, um, get some screens. Tavion Kinsey would like to, uh, you know, come off a couple screens, catch the ball, rise up from the, in the middle of the floor, and, and get a bucket. I don't think that your game plan should be stopping Tavion Kinsey. It should be stopping, like, Andrew Taylor from getting wide open threes. Andrew Taylor, Marshall's guy, catch-and-shoot dude. Uh, he can get in there. Teams like to press him. He'll turn the ball over sometimes. 
uh, you know, got to look out for that. But they have other dudes like uh, was it Obina uh, and a Chili Killin. He's a uh, sort of a limited guy in his in his time right now. He's a freshman, right? Kind of big dude, sort of a, a lob. Like he he's excellent in the dunker spot. I think he'll you know he's he'll do some catch and shooting. Um, you know, Michael Byers, uh, big dude, six ten, something like that. He's not super great defensively. Pretty much everybody on Marshall is uh, a liability. All their bigs are some liabilities when you get them out in pick and roll. So if you're FIU, I expect to see, um, you know, their guards, Denver Jones especially, um, in some pick and roll actions going against these dudes. Uh, Cleveland Brown is a big that can, you know, he can attack. He's the transfer out of Vanderbilt. He's a he's a guy that can attack from lots of different points on, on the court. And so he's not really like a catch and shoot guy. He will step out and do it, but it's not you're not going to win the game with him shooting 15 threes or something like that. But he can do it. Keep you honest. He can get some duckins. He can uh, wreak some havoc inside. Um, you know, I said Marshall has some bigs. Uh, was it Miladinovic, right? Goran Miladinovic, Byers, uh, uh, Killen. Those are some guys that can do some things. Was it Marco Serenac? Those are some guys that can get some time and will you know bang bang around in there. I think FIU can can uh, what is it neutralize that threat. Um, and it, but it's going to be a lot of Denver Jones getting into the lane. If Tevin Brewer plays, then some of him right. You know I think he scored twenty in the win over Marshall or one of the wins over Marshall. Uh, that's mostly where you're getting it right. But, but a lot of it is consistency. There's a lot of times where FIU will miss possessions, give possessions away, turn the ball over, miss a read, miss a cut. Uh, and then defensively, they're just allowing too many guys to take wide-open threes, right? And that's what concerns me against, like, a Marshall, because Marshall can shoot the ball. Like, pretty much everybody can shoot the ball. Um, can you Can you do the things that you need to do to win? I don't see that long-term over Marshall. Sure, you can win that one. Can you beat uh, Louisiana Tech? Answer is no. I'm going to tell you right now that this one for FIU probably ends um, Wednesday. And is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Uh, I, I probably need a reset. A, a few new guys in there. I think it's maybe some time to start looking around, seeing if uh, Jeremy Ballard really is the dude that you want to take this team long term. Um you know, I I think it I think a fresh start for everybody is probably best. And with that, well, pivot back to Marshall, right? I'm talking about Marshall specifically in this one. Dan D'Antoni, good coach, I like him. He has a fun offense when when they're on. Um his best teams have been teams that have pushed the pace, shoot the three, uh and when they're really good, they can play some defense. I forget what season it was. It might have been 2019 or something like that. Uh, no, 2019 they were bad. Uh, one of these past few seasons. They had a really good defense, right? That's when they've been good. Uh, like a sneakily good, well-efficient uh, team. They had a big, I forget the guy, he was a foreign dude, um, that kind of anchored their defense for them, right? And, you know, they they obviously had the, the kid that was shooting threes all day and, and carried them in the NCAA, into the NCAA tournament, John Elmore, right? Um, who am I thinking about the big? Was it Panavo? Is that who I'm thinking about? 
they lost Jared West from last season's team, and I think that that that's evident in this one. They were picked to be a lot better, which tells you that this finish here is very disappointing to a lot of people. Um, Tavion Kinsey, he's a junior. Um, you know, he's he's played a lot of basketball for this squad. Uh, I mentioned his qualities a second ago. He's a leaper, six five. He's fun. Uh, he has a little mid-range jumper. He hasn't been as efficient as he was in previous seasons, and I think a lot of that has to do with the quality of players around him. Right? I think last season he was just ridiculously good, um, and you know he's asked to do a lot. He's not a he's not the best ball handler. He can take you off the dribble, but his prime like what he wants to do is catch the ball off a couple screens, make you pay, or sneak in. Um, as the secondary player on a slasher, uh, as a slasher, maybe a catch-and-shoot kind of dude, or sneak in for putbacks, that's where he thrives, and he can get 20, 25 points doing that. Uh, they really need a second score, and I don't know if that was going to be, what, Kyle Braun or somebody like this, he's, he's out for the year. Um, it's definitely not Andrew Taylor, uh, and like I mentioned this previously, uh, I'm not knocking the kid, he's a good shooter uh you know he can he can tear it up from three um but but uh teams like to press him press him full court not only to to limit the offense because that's common in this league um but him specifically he'll come off some screens he'll throw a wayward pass the passes are not on time on the money on target you know on time on target uh and that throws off the the entire martial offense you need Precision passes if you're going to be passing, swinging the ball around the perimeter and getting open threes. Uh, I mentioned a bit of killing. Uh, he looks fun. He looks like a, like a, a talent. You can win with that guy, uh, but I don't know if you can win in the system with this collective team here. Defensively, they're just very poor. Um, Slow-footed. You can get them in the pick-and-roll action. A lot of the team likes to get them, like to get them in pick-and-roll, make their bigs defend, and they can't always do it. A lot of quick guards in this league, right? I'm thinking about, um, you know, uh, Jelly Walker at uh, at UAB, or even like uh, 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 Tyler Perry at North Texas, uh, or even Kobe Williams, right, at Louisiana Tech. A lot of quick guards that will happy to get you in the pick and roll and make you pay, right? You're not going to be able to get there. So you can maybe over rotate and you say, well, we'll help the helper. And we'll get a guy over there. Well, that means that everybody needs to be precision defense, and I don't, I don't think that Marshall's set up to do that. Right? They're not set up to help a guy that can't move his feet right now. Uh, it's a lot of thinking, and the best teams will exploit your thinking in those moments. Right? So, um, where do you go from here? I, a lot of people think that this is probably Dan D'Antoni's last go round. Uh, he won a title. He never really had a, a a very great Marshall team, even their best teams. I think uh, a couple seasons after they won that title, uh, well, the the season after they won a title in eighteen, right? They brought back some guys, but they lost their defensive piece. So it was a lot of offense, all gas, no breaks. And then defensively, you know, they had nothing that limited them. They had to outscore teams, and they they couldn't always do that. Um, and then in recent seasons, it's been trying to chase some offense, chase some things that, that they don't have there. They Like I said, they lost Jared West, and, um, you know, they've been poor for it. Senior leadership, shot making, 
guy that can do some things. It's not there. Can you beat Louisiana Tech? That's that's a question. Well, um, I talk about their schedule, except they lost to everybody except UAB in a surprise win. I think that had more to do with UAB being terrible uh, at, at keeping concentration than anything else, right? Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, you know, some UAB fans are gonna misinterpret what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, UAB has you know they 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 are very good and probably the best team in this league, but they had some just ridiculous gaps in concentration. Right, lost to UAB, lost to UTEP, lost to Old Dominion. Um, yeah, I'm I'm talking about UAB. So I'm I'm talking about two things. Lost to Rice, Marshall, Old Dominion is what I'm, was I'm thinking about. The North Texas one, that was not a mistake. They, they, they did all right in that one. Um, sorry. Marshall beat UAB, beat UTEP, beat Old Dominion, sorry, and then beat Southern Miss. Those are your wins. Uh, the great one, UAB, amazing win. That's a quality win. That was the first conference win. They were 0-7 up, up to that point. Um Beat UTEP. UTEP is kind of hot and cold, right? I know they beat North Texas uh, the other day, uh, but you know they're they're a work in progress. Joe Golding squad is a work in progress. Old Dominion, similar position in that once great team doesn't have the the core pieces that they once did. Uh, hit and miss, very hit and miss. And then Southern Miss, a terrible team. Uh, there were times uh, against Western again, another team that's down that um, they looked okay, but Western just was too much. Uh, like I said, Davion uh, McKnight attacked screen and roll a lot of times. Uh, Sharp was just too ridiculous for Marshall. Uh, they're, they're big guys inside. Uh, you know, they're they're big, like hefty, but not lengthy and not amazing athletes where they can compete with that kind of thing. There are just too many questions for me about Marshall's ability to, again, execute. And it's, yeah, it's a theme with teams at this level. Um, you win. You win FIU against FIU, a team that you've lost twice to this season. Then you got to go play Louisiana Tech. And um, Kenneth Lofton, uh, he's a bucket getter. He's going to get your guys in foul trouble, I imagine. Um, and then Kobe Williams is super speedy. He will, you know, do his thing. I, I just don't really see it. They also have a good defense. Like Kobe Williams had 22 the last time they played. Um, you know, Keaton Willis had 20. Uh, Keaston Willis, sorry, had, had 20. Uh, Kenneth Lofton only had the seven, but, you know, he had six rebounds. He, you know, he did his thing. The offense still runs to Kenneth Lofton. I don't really see, and this is also, this is also a blow. I didn't play a whole lot. Um, I don't really see this team going very far but if you were looking for hope they can shoot the ball right they you get a little hot uh you know Tavion Kinsey is still a scorer uh he can he can make some plays happen he can make some things happen that uh other guys can't and I can see them beating FIU uh like sort of grinding it out uh guys getting hot like Andrew Taylor say say he goes like you know four for four from three uh, they get some nice uh, stuff from from their bigs, uh, you know, uh, OAK, call them Oak, um, and then you pull out a victory. And then Louisiana Tech, which can have some droughts of their own, some um, I would say well, call it 
mental lapses. Uh, I can see you sneaking by there. But can you beat Western Kentucky again? We proved that you couldn't do it two times in a row. Um, I don't necessarily believe in like, oh, it's hard to beat a three team three times. Well, not if you're not better than them, right? Then it's really easy to lose three times to a team. So there you go. Marshall FIU previewed. Um, someone is going to have to win in this first round. Uh, my guess is that it's probably Marshall. Uh, just because I think they have a little bit more talent, um, and they've been playing a little bit better recently, but FIU probably matches up pretty well. They have beat them twice. Uh, like I said, a lot of it depends on the way that, like, Cleavon Brown plays, if Denver Jones is, uh, attacking and getting buckets, getting to the line, or if he's attacking and just turn the ball over and not finding guys. Then, you know, that's really the game. So we'll keep an eye on that matchup. You know, Brown comes in and he kind of plays a four or five and he'll kind of fill in here and there. Um, can, like, Pinckney be effective defensively uh, or will he just get exposed? I don't know that – I don't know that Marshall has the the um, the offensive guards that can take advantage of the, the you know – What's that mental lapses that, that uh, Pinkney has sometimes? I mean, he's young, right? He's he's kind of getting pointed to where to go in the right direction. You can see him thinking out on the court. So you can't really beat him that way, but Dan D'Antoni can scheme, it, scheme up a good uh, few sets to, to cause him problems and make him unplayable, right? So then you have Brown out there, and he plays aggressively. It's easy to get in foul trouble that way, right? It should be an intriguing matchup. At the very least, it should be fun, entertaining. I don't think these guys, neither one of these teams, goes uh, past the first round. All right, next up, the later game. ESPN Plus, Court B, 7 p.m., uh, UTSA, and Southern Miss. We'll start with UTSA. Another team that was good, was once good, and now is bad. Um... You know, it seemed like the future of this league was going to be, you know, uh, running and gunning and putting up threes, right? Marshall, UTSA, Steve Henson looked like he really was doing something exciting with this team. You know, my criticism of them was that they devolved in the past couple of years into your turn, my turn, Javon Jackson, Keaton Wallace, you know, chuck up a three. Um, they combined to set a bunch of records, but they didn't combine to do a lot of winning. This season, it's been awful. They lost to everybody except FIU, Southern Miss, and Rice, three of the worst teams that we have. And, uh, you know, that Rice game was, uh, you know, the other day. Uh, Jordan Ivey Curry, transfer, uh, Curry transferred. You know, he said, I'm done with this. Uh, so a lot of it, a lot of it is, is Jacob Germany, uh, big man, 6'11", 235. He can score with both hands. Uh, he has a little lefty, left, lefty hook. He's talented. Uh, I think if you got him and put him on any team in this league, he would be a contributor. He does some nice things, but he's being asked to do a ton. Um, was it uh, Dieng? Um, you know, he's a six-five kind of slasher type. He's fun, not as efficient. He's not really a great shooter. Uh, can't really create his own shot. Um, you know, he, he would benefit from a really good point guard, and. That is what uh, Eric Zumo, the Italian kid, right? 
Zumbel, I think his name is, right? Uh, one problem with this team is that nobody can really shoot, uh, at least effectively to stretch the floor for that kind of team that they want. Uh, last year, a lot of these guys were benefiting from the gravity that Wallace and, and Jackson pulled, uh, you know, pulled towards themselves, allowing these guys to get catch-and-shoot opportunities so they can attack the closeout or, you know, get the, the, def- the defense in an ideal scenario into, like, the blender where they're, you know, passing the ball and moving and, and attacking. This season, not a whole lot of that. Um, and then combining all of that terrible offense is a terrible defense. This is the worst offense in the in the in the league, by the way. It is a bad defense. We'll just say bad because they're only tenth. There are worse defenses. A lot of the same issues that we see with UTSA from previous seasons are still here. Um, not a lot of foot speed uh, from really anybody. Uh, their bigs especially, a lot of confusion on who should be guarding who. Um, you know, like, uh, there are some nice spots every once in a while where, like, Zumbel or, or McNeil will, will do a little nice defensive play. But overall, teams are, are happy to let their best players go one-on-one with UTSA's best defender because they have a lot of success doing so. And, um, you know... God forbid UTSA has to defend multiple actions on one play uh, because it's not pretty. Uh, yeah, they they just they've just allowed everybody to get lots of things. Combining all of this, right, is that their offense is not good. So then it leads to runouts, which helps your you know helps the other team's offense. UTSA is not good. It's not super fun to watch. Uh, there's nothing amazing about their system. Uh, it's it's pretty sad, actually, considering that this team was one of the most exciting teams in previous years, right? Uh, and I want to say that, yeah, like there was a like a shootout, um, basketball shootout, a couple seasons ago between you know a younger Steve Henson squad and and uh, and uh, Southern Miss. Uh, what what year was that? Was that twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen? Is that when it was? Trying to remember when that was. Let me look it up real quick as I'm here. Uh, no, that was a conference USA tournament in 19. It was in 20. Was it 18? 2018? Uh, no, I can't remember when that was. Anyway, my point is that the UTSA is bad. It, it's going to be interesting seeing them go to the AAC because I think they clearly have the worst. Um, basketball investment right their gym is not ex- is not up to par nobody likes it um that goes to visit it uh it could be fun and intimidating maybe quirky if they had a really good team like man look at this really good team plays in this old gym you know the fans are right on top of you kind of deal but it's not that and you know there's not a lot of support for the basketball program and again they're not good even when they were a, a solid team they didn't really get ignite the the passions of the San Antonio uh, fan base. Uh, unlike the football team, which gets people in there, right? Sold out uh, Conference USA uh, final, right? Championship game against Western Kentucky uh, in football. Not quite the same thing in basketball. It will be interesting watching them continue. All right. Let's not talk about UTSA anymore, and let's talk about uh, Southern Miss, the uh, future Sunbelt squad. Um, 
this is the worst defense in the league and the second worst offense. So, you know, who is least bad? That's the game. The only win this team had in conference play was against UTSA uh, in, you know, the Convocation Center. Uh, that one saw Tyler Stevenson play. I don't know if he's going to play in this one. I think he's done. I actually truly have not followed Southern Miss very closely. He hasn't played since Marshall, February 21st. I think he's going to be out. Uh, I don't want to say that. You know, I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, but he's been out. Tay Hardy's been out. Uh, Jerron Pierre's been out. You know, I don't know what to what to say about this squad right now. That they're, they're relying on Waylon Napper. Um, you know, sort. I want to say he's not a pass for. He, he's he plays a super cool, but he's only six foot, right? Um, he's been scoring. He can get into the bat into the lane. He can get some buckets. Uh, Isaiah Moore. He's interesting he was getting some buckets you can see he's a little frustrated sometimes uh he was a transfer right i think he went to st john's or something um i think there's a couple things about watching southern miss is that i think that they play hard sometimes right they are you know interesting to me they have some talent but i think that's also a little a uh, little bit of uh, a distraction, right? Because you look at a lot of these D1. It's, it's Conference USA, right? You get some quality players in here. But can you play well as a team? Are you better than the sum of your parts? I don't know. Um, what is it? Bolden, Napper, Moore, Pinckney, Harris. Those are the, the starting guys, right? Um, Pink, uh, was it Dennis J. Harris has a, has a tendency to be a one-move kind of guy. He's an athlete. And, you know, if you get him out in transition, he can dunk, you do this and that. But you don't want him making a whole lot of offensive decisions. Like, you're not going to, you know, he's not your Draymond Green or somebody. You're not going to have him make all the uh, the offensive, uh, uh, you know, quarterbacking. Um, Napper, Bolden, uh, they've been sort of leading the scoring right now. Uh, Bolden's a freshman, I want to say, right? He's good. He has, yeah, it's like, he's what, like six foot? Like one seventy, and then Napper's like six foot, like one eighty five, maybe. I don't know, he's like more solid. You can tell he's like older and been in a college program uh, a little bit longer. Bolden's gonna be good. I like his game. Uh, he he's still young and he takes uh, one too many shots that I think they're a little ill advised. Where like maybe he had a roll man, he had a guy under the rim, and instead he's like, let me pull up here off the off the screen. Some of that's coaching. Some of that is just experience in the game. Uh, Napper, he can get in into the lane, get a little layup here and there. I don't want to say that he's, I mean, he's good, right? Again, I'm not knocking by his talent. Any of these dudes would light me up in a pickup game. But uh, relative to the rest of, like, the conference, I don't know. He's not He's not lightning quick. He's not a, a Jelly Walker. You know, he's not a, a Kobe Williams or even a Tyler Perry, he's not going to light you up or just change the calculus of the game. I talked about this on another podcast where um, guys that are extra special change the way you play defense, right? Those guys are different, right? Like Everybody knows like a Steph Curry changes the geometry of the court or something like that, but like super fast dudes change the geometry too, right? Uh, I don't know that Napper uh, is that way, but he can shoot the ball, right? He can shoot it. He's uh, solid. I think he's like 32%. Um, I don't have all the advanced numbers where I can tell you what he shoots off like a pick and roll or off the dribble or something like that. But 
Um, if you leave him open, he can hit it. He can get hot. He can get some buckets. That's the number one thing to to look out for for him uh, against the rest of the squad. I think he had 21 last time they played UTSA. Uh, and, you know, in recent weeks, he's been doing a lot more of the scoring. I want to say last five games, he's averaged something like 20 or something like that. Uh, maybe just, just about 20. Um, you know, he's he's a dude to look out for. A lot of scoring, but not super efficient scoring, is what I'll say. Um uh, from this from this team, uh, the the leading scorers, um, I like what Isaiah Moore does. I think he could be good in the right system. I don't know that this system is the right one for him. DeAndre Pinckney, I seen him. Uh, he, he can he can do some things, right? He's an athlete. Uh, he has a little pull up jumper. I think he breaks the offense a little too much, for my liking. Um, he, it might be frustration. It might be this. It might be that. I don't know. Without Tyler Stevenson, I don't know what their chances are. Uh, I like Tyler Stevenson a lot. He also he's just good. He's a good basketball player. Uh, I'm a fan, but I don't really see Southern Miss doing much, even if they get a victory. I I don't really see them beating UTSA in this one. They're just so bad. You see, um, you just again, FIU, Marshall, UTSA, Southern Miss all have similar issues. And then they can sort of defend the first action, but it, once the, the offense goes to the next action, and then if they haven't scored by then, the third action, it's pretty much over. Um, you know, they're not good at guarding those things. You see a lot of over rotations, helping, scrambling, where uh, the final man catching the ball, ready to shoot, is uh, like ten feet open. You know. You have a guy, a Southern Miss guy, looking around like, oh, that was my guy, and then sprinting out to try to close out. That is how you lose basketball games, and that is why they've lost a ton of basketball games. Uh, you don't really see that they know the opponent. Um, you know, you got shooters coming off a, a screen, um, you know, like it was against North Texas. Uh, Marjorie McBride, the shooter for North Texas, came off a screen, walked into a three. And, you know, Southern Miss was kind of like, oh, I guess we, I guess that guy's a shooter, right? Maybe at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, they don't have tape, and so they can't watch it. And they don't know who's good. Could be that. Um, so there you go. There's your first round matchup. I'll tell you that uh, of the first round games that I'm excited to see, I'm going to go look at FIU and Marshall, not necessarily UTSA Southern Miss. I might peek over there just to see what's happening, who's winning the terrible battle. But, you know, you never know. You never know what you might see. You might see a, a something. Um, so let's move on to the, to the next round. Charlotte, Rice, Tech, UTEP, Old Dominion, FAU. Start at the top, Charlotte. Now, if you're a Charlotte fan, you're maybe a little frustrated with the, um, uh, I guess, the season here. You maybe expected better. You get a lot of, oh, the Ron Sanchez you know, hasn't been what we expect him to be. They're pretty lukewarm, right? Like eighth in offense, ninth in defense relative to the conference in efficiency according to Ken Palm. You know, you get situations where you beat a UTEP, UTSA, you know, you feel like, yeah, we're supposed to beat those teams. You lose to FAU, North Texas. Like, okay, I can see losing to North Texas. We gave them a little game, you know, kind of challenged them for a little bit. And FAU at the time was a good team. Okay. You beat Rice, beat Old Dominion, then you lose to Old Dominion again. And then, you know, clearly second best to Western. Beat Marshall, beat FIU. It's supposed to be's, right? It's supposed to wins in those games. Blew out Marshall. 
Uh, blew out FIU. Those Again, they're supposed to win those games. Louisiana Tech at home, lose by five. Um, it just establishes you as a second-tier team, and, and so on and so forth, right? You beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and you lose to the teams that are better than you. Um, and, you know, I know... There was the the Wednesday last week win over Middle Tennessee, but Middle Tennessee had already clinched, and I don't know how impressive that is. There's just a lot of caveats in that one. Um, overall, Charlotte is good. They're good enough to beat teams that are, that will help you by beating themselves, right? Again, we just talked about it, the UTSA, uh, uh, Rice, Marshall, FIU, those kinds of things. You played Marshall twice. You played FIU twice. That's four wins you got off of terrible teams, four of your ten. You played the good teams, Western, you lose twice to them. Uh, Louisiana Tech, you lose to them. Uh, Old Dominion, lose there too. Uh, And you didn't play a UAB. So, you know, if you're wondering how good Charlotte is, not that good. Um, That said, I kind of like watching them sometimes. You know, I like the offense. Uh, You got uh, Khalifa, a big guy. You know, he he, uh, will catch the ball at the top. They do like some screens, some split screens off him, and then he'll he'll find a cutter. Jameer Young is fun. Uh, you know he he can score from from anywhere. He's one of those kinds of guys. Uh, yeah, he's been that way basically his whole career. I don't think he's scored less than um, ten points all season, right? Like ten has been his the minimum. Uh, past couple games, he gave sixteen in the middle, twenty one in the Southern Miss. He's been on a nice little run, and you're gonna need him. They, uh, you know, if you can, if they can play some defense, and and again, a lot of this kind of depends on on the opponent. Yeah, if they can play some defense and get this kind of stops that the pack line kind of defense is supposed to get, that kind of thing, well, you'll be okay, right? But the defense is not super great. Uh, Khalifa's kind of slow moving, uh, like. Anybody who's beaten them has done so by getting points easily and often. Uh, but they have a system, and they're trying to stay within it. You know, I, I think overall that Charlotte can is good enough to get a win against somebody, but not really win the tournament. <laughs> That's basically it, right? I don't see them moving on past uh, past Rice. Uh, and did they? They didn't. You didn't play Rice, did you? Did, did you play Rice Charlotte? You did. Forgot about that one. Early in the season, right, in January, you won that game. Um, Jameer Young had 10, right? Uh, I think Rice controlled this game, and then kind of Charlie came back. Yeah. Um, that was a different Rice team. Here's the deal, right? And we'll talk about Rice in a second. We'll transition that way in a second. Is that Rice is not very good defensively either. I think Jameer Young can and will go off. I will see uh, two similar, what was that? similar style philosophies, right? That both teams like to play through their bigs. Like Max Fielder, Fiedler is a he's a good passer. Khalif is a good passer. Um, but I think that Jameer Young ultimately will be too much for Rice. Rice will give you a lot of points, and whatever travails Charlotte has defensively. I think they will be made up for by Rice just allowing so many points. Uh, that said, if Rice catches fire from three, and they probably take too many standstill, well, you know, I'm allowed to threes. Um, 
you know, they can beat anybody. But the thing is, I don't think that if you close them out well enough, they don't really have the kinds of squad that will beat you off the dribble and make you pay for closeouts, right? You can just kind of guard them up at the three. They'll happily take a contested jumper, uh, which is part of why they're not good, and you'll be okay. After that, Charlotte has a North Texas team. Again, played well enough. Uh, I think this one, was this one away the last time they played North Texas? I'm looking at it again. Uh, yeah, it was in Denton. And for, for a good portion of that game, uh, you know, it was kind of close-ish. But, like, North Texas controlled it. They they had, you know, their own cadence, their own thing. I think in your favor, you have the fact that North Texas is not peaking right now. They've been struggling just a little bit. Um, offensively, it's mostly it. It's, it's kind of hard to tell because North Texas plays so deliberately. So you can't just be like, well, they scored. 100, 100, 100. Oh, they scored 80 in this one. That was the one they they were not good in. It's a lot of 50, 60-point games. I said before, if you're North Texas, and this is getting ahead of ourselves, an indicator on whether or not they're good is if they're scored in the 60s, like good offensively, versus the 50s. Um, man, it's not, not too much difference. But that's a tough ask. I feel like if Ron Sanchez can... In the season with an upset win over North Texas and then like flames out against Western or, or Louisiana Tech. In the semifinals, you kind of say, well, they got an upset win. That's good enough. You know, progress is being made and everybody kind of feels good about themselves. It's certainly not the level that you expect them to be at given sort of like the hype and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, in the AAC, Charlotte is going to struggle maybe recruiting becomes a little easier because you're like well you play like a memphis it's you know more more tv whatever um but right now you know you're gonna move in you're moving along with with unt with uab utep which is uh i mean not utep um utsa they're terrible but uab unt they're coming with you so if you can't beat them or you can't compete with them now you're going to be able to compete with them in the AAC when they have even better teams or some other better teams there? I don't know. So that's Charlotte. All right, so we're, let's talk a little bit about Rice. Again, Rice is bad, but they benefited by not being as bad as uh, as the other terrible teams. And I think I'm a little frustrated by Rice this season because last year I thought they they had a tough schedule, but they were very good at times, right? Uh, their offense has been, you know, pretty efficient. And um, well, let me see. Let me just go back last year. I thought that they were better than their record set, right? I thought they just played tough teams. And in the conference tournament, they beat Charlotte. Did they beat Yeah. They beat Charlotte last year. Uh, am I, yeah, right. What am I saying? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking at Charlotte as the next opponent. My bad. They beat Southern Miss in a game where, like, okay, you probably can beat Southern Miss. And they, they upset Marshall. And I saw that coming, right? You know, they were just good. They gave UAB a game, right? I was like, you never know with this team. They're going to they're gonna be in it. They gave UAB a game. They ended up um, sort of uh, falling off because they just couldn't, couldn't close it out, uh, you know. They were legs retired, Evie, Olivari, they were just not, they didn't have the gas anymore, right? After playing three games in three three days. Third game, second half, they kind of fell off. But I thought they did a really good job, and it was very, uh, it was 
very representative of their entire season. That they competed well. Uh, you know, they were just like maybe a talent differential there. This year, haven't quite seen that as much. Their their defense has been worse. Uh, they don't have the same kind of dynamism offensively. Uh, some of that's because Quincy Olivari has been injured. Uh, I thought he brought a different dimension. He just go in there and start yamming on people. Um, you know, I like Max Fiedler, but he can't really move his feet. I like Travis Evie. Sometimes uh, he can get a little three happy, you know, where he just like I'm just gonna chuck it, and you're like, what? He that was not a good shot. You know, he'll he'll shoot a ton, uh, and. So a lot of those are ill-advised, right? Um, what was I going to say? Uh, um, yeah, I, I find that Rice just kind of devolves into a we're supposed to shoot it or we have the green light to shoot it, and I will let it fly. And they don't get those shots from within their offense. And that gums them up against good teams. That said, they can score. And I like Fiedler's passing. Uh, he touches the ball a ton. Uh, you know, I, I like a lot of what they're doing, but maybe if they had better players doing it. Um, you know, I'm talking a lot of mess about Travis Evie, and he shoots 40% from three. You know, maybe he's like, look, you shoot 40% from three, and then you can, you know, you can talk some mess. Uh, Carl Pierre, three-point shooter. I mean, the, a lot of these guys can shoot. That's the thing to 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 consider about this squad. They all can shoot. They will shoot. They're happy happy to do it if they catch fire, right? Basketball favors the offense because you can't stop everybody from shooting. If somebody can shoot from half court at 40%, then, you know, you're in trouble. Um, You know, I I think they have the tools, enough ability to get by a Charlotte uh, just simply because they can shoot the ball. They can catch the rhythm. Um, and then Charlotte just is kind of terrible defensively at times. But I think when Charlotte is on and they're getting stops, right, then Bryce doesn't really have any answers because there's not a whole lot of system there. There's just too many leaky parts, right? Thieler can't really defend. Uh, Evie is undersized. Uh, I think they really miss Quincy Olivari. He brings an extra dimension. And without him, you know, it's just a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of guys trying their best, but not really, just too undersized, right? There's no um, ridiculous speed out there. There's no ridiculous size. It's just a lot of guys trying to make up for one thing, one aspect or another, right? They're trying to make up for it by outscoring them. It's not working. That's that's rice. Uh, you know, they do. <laughs> they've done enough better uh, to. To not be UTSA and kind of get and get this spot in uh, you know in second to last spot they won seven games so not completely awful they did beat UAB and again it just <laughs> UAB controlled that game for a long while and then you know it was just uh, desperation mode oh yeah twelve two run win the game uh, who else let's go through the schedule beat middle that's a good team beat UAB that's a good team. Lost to North Texas. They got blown out by 30 by North Texas. That's a good team. Lost to Western by 20. That's a good team. Uh, beat Marshall, beat Old Dominion. A couple teams struggling. Uh, lose to Charlotte, lose to Anna Tech. A couple of good teams. A lot of the same like song here, right? Like Lose to good teams, beat some bad teams. But then they lost to FIU. That's concerning, right? And then in recent weeks, lost to UTSA, a bad team. Uh, I, 
I think they're sort of falling apart. Uh, you know, teams have kind of figured them out. They uh, have a good game plan against them, and they're executing it. And I think this comes from last season when they were surprising some teams. Teams are taking them seriously this year. They're like, we got we to gotta concentrate when we play Rice because we got burned last time. Now they're doing so, and Rice is not, not able to, to do the things they did before. Uh, anyway, can you beat North Texas? Sure. But North Texas handled you both times pretty easily um, in Denton and then in Houston. Granted, North Texas was playing a lot better basketball, but um, also playing Rice makes you play better basketball, right? You get wide-open shots, wide-open dunks, uh, guys with open lanes to the basket. That happens against Rice. Um, if you beat them, and like I said, the, the key with Rice is if you're hitting threes, you can beat anybody. You can make a miracle run just on the strength of that. But I think having to win four games in four days is, is difficult, and that requires you to bring out more than just your shooting. It's uh, execution down the stretch. It's uh, uh, execution defensively, finding stops, finding buckets from other guys. Uh, you think about North Texas last year. They, they won the tournament from the second round. They did it with their stars, right? You know, Javion Hamlet was incredible, but they also got big buckets from, like, Thomas Bell, uh, Mardres McBride, you know, other guys. Everybody had to step up and hit a big shot when, he, when it mattered. And, and they were, you know, asked questions. That's the kind of thing you need to do to win this tournament. Rice can beat Charlotte, one gamer. I don't think they can beat Charlotte and North Texas, you know. They're going to have one game. They need to, to get a, 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 an amazing game from somebody. And that's going to be all their fire. They're going to burn through their uh, their uh, powder there. All right, that's Rice. Let's talk about Tech. I'm uh, I'm accused of being a Louisiana Tech fan a ton. I am not a Louisiana Tech fan. Uh, they are a good team, and this is it because I like them. Louisiana Tech, twenty-one and nine, uh, twelve and six in conference play. They were picked to win this league or be a challenge for this league for good reason. They lost Isaiah Crawford early on in the season. Uh, he's good. Uh, he he was and is good. I was his knee, right? His knee injury. Uh, Kenneth Lofton, uh, if Jelly Walker didn't go off, would be a candidate for conference player of the year. He was like preseason conference player of the year. He's good. He's a big body. You know, he looks like he's, he's like a tubby dude, but uh, he plays, you know, skinnier than that, I guess. Uh, he's a he's an incredible athlete. Uh, he's will beat you down low. He can pass. He can make things happen. He's trying to step out and shoot some threes. Uh, everybody loves his game. He's fun. Kobe Williams. He can shoot it now. Uh, he shot thirty three percent from three. It's not great, but good enough to keep you honest. He can do catch and shoot threes. He can pull up off the the dribble. Amari Archibald. Guy's been in you know I think he's in his twelfth season for losing attack. Uh, Keiston Willis, he's been balling for them. Uh, he missed, uh, you know, he he played at Incarnate Word, so he's a San Antonio guy. Well, he's not from San Antonio, but he played in San Antonio for a while. Um, he's good, you know. He he's been able to get buckets. He he missed a big three and could have tied it against uh, UTEP. Uh, but since then, he went on. He followed that up right with the thirty points against UTSA. And uh, what did he do when he went? Yeah, he he's been he's been sort of hit or miss, right? He'll have games three, four points, and then he'll come back with a twenty-one pointer, right? Uh, you know, again nine points and then thirty points. 
Uh, he had 11 in the UAB loss. He was not as dynamic as you probably need him to be. Uh, he's not Isaiah Crawford, but he can get some buckets. He's pretty good. Beyond that, they're not as solid top to bottom as they were last year. Right, Last year, I think they were the best team in the conference, just top to bottom. Um, from that team, they lost, what, Jacoby Pemberton. Uh, Isaiah Crawford, like I said, is out. Caleb Ledoux. I think Keaston Willis maybe an update, upgrade over Caleb Ledoux. But, you know, um, just overall, I thought this team – well, you lost Andrew Gordon too, right? I thought this team is, is underperforming relative to expectations. And that's fine, right? I, I mean, every season's different. But um, you still got to worry about Lofton. You still got to worry about Williams. I think in recent weeks, right, UAB – handled them by 13, uh, and then handled them by, uh, was it about 10 or so, something like that, early in the season. They're clearly second best to UAB, lost both games. Um, maybe, you know, even with North Texas, kind of depends on how you interpret that um, that one-point loss where uh, Tyler Perry hit a big bucket in Ruston, right? So that's what you have. Um. So you know that's the top of the conference. That's why you're clearly third, right? You you didn't earn it. You didn't win it. You beat Western at Western or at home. I'm sorry. Uh, handled everybody else. You got two games against Southern Miss. It's terrible. You had two games against UTSA. It's terrible. Um, split against UTEP. I think the facts are that you're not that great of a team, right? That's the facts. Uh, you're you have talent. Kobe Williams, Kenneth Lofton. That's basically it. I think you can you can play if you feel like you know what you're a fan, Louisiana Tech fan. Like, you know we can play, we can we can beat North Texas on our day, sure, but you probably can't beat North Texas and UAB. Very similar to Rice, but just at a higher level, right? Like, don't get me wrong, Rice is Rice will take a miracle, right, to beat two teams like that. They would need to play at in the 90th percentile of their abilities to win. Louisiana Tech could play 80 percent and above and beat North Texas beat UAB or something like that. It's possible. They have the ability. But playing at, at just the supreme highest level, uh, yeah, sure, they can beat anybody. They're, they're very ceiling. They're very good. Kenneth Lofton can be very good. Their defense would be all right. They have a good coach. Um, But, again, they're, they're missing an Isaiah Crawford-type player. That's the, that's the hole they're missing. Somebody that can play some defense, bring some dynamism, right, Crawford could step out and shoot the three at times. Uh, he could be another focal point for the offense. He could throw it to him in the post. He was a big body. He can get rebounds. Uh, he could defend a little bit. They're missing somebody that can do that kind of thing. Teams can collapse on, on Lofton, and if he's not at his absolute best, there's some questions about who's going to show up and who's going to do some things. They don't really have a shooter um, that can just knock things down, space the floor, and I don't know that they have enough you know, talent elsewhere to just, you know, skew the floor for you in one way or another. Not necessarily to three, but just make them pay for Dublin Lofton or something like that. And then Kenneth Lofton hasn't been absolutely amazing when he needs to be. Uh, I thought Trey Jemerson did a good job against him uh, this weekend. There are times where he can get taken out of the game uh, schematically, that kind of thing. And that's it. Eric Conkle's a good coach. He will scheme up a couple plays. He will scheme up a couple good shots. They will get looks. They will get put in position to succeed. But I don't know that it always works, you know. 
Um, so there's Louisiana Tech. Who do, what happens if you end up playing Western Kentucky? I think you can beat Western. Uh, Western has low lows. They don't execute. And then you show that you can compete with North Texas, right? North Texas doesn't really have the same kind of length uh, and athleticism that a UAB has or something. And so, um, like, inside. So they can't really eliminate Kenneth Lofton as well. Um, so, all right. So you can beat Western. You can compete with North Texas. They don't have the length, right? Um, you know, uh, Abu North Texas got a uh, big man, Abu Usman. You got your, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Bell. They are good. They like to swarm. They play good defense or discipline. They that's how they compete against like uh, Louisiana Tech. They take away all your other actions. But in terms of sheer physicality, uh, I think Louisiana Tech matches up better with North Texas than they do with like a UAB. So there's there's a future I can see where Tech, you know, you take care of FIU or Marshall. Um, and if you can get by Western Kentucky, which I think is certainly possible, it sets up a rematch, uh, the third one, third game against North Texas. And I think if you learn from your mistakes, if you execute down the stretch, um, and then you can take what you've learned from North Texas, right? Those games that like, say you got to double Tyler Perry, pressure him a little bit more, force the ball out of his hands, uh, make, make North Texas, other guys beat you with, you know, things that are uncomfortable. And then maybe you just get the luck this time, right? Maybe Tyler Perry doesn't hit a three in your face. You can get by North Texas. It's doable. And then that sets up a potential matchup with uh, UAB. I'm not as high on Louisiana Tech this season as I was last. Uh, but I think they have an outside ch uh, chance of winning this. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the final. Definitely, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the semifinal. In fact, I'll give you a little preview of my, my, my picks. I can see North Texas, Louisiana Tech, UTEP, and UAB as our semifinalists. I thought that was a possibility back in early February, and seeing how well U UTEP is playing and seeing how young Middle Tennessee is, I can see a foursome of the West Division. Again, just tell you how strong that West Division is. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's talk about UTEP, right? Speaking about UTEP. Let's talk about them. Uh, Joe Golding has them playing very well at this point in time. They did beat North Texas, and I'll give the same caveat there. North Texas had already won the um, uh, the division, the conference. A lot of it was about staying sharp. I thought North Texas did not play their best game in a lot of respects, uh, up to and including like shooting. The free throws are terrible, right? All the things that make North Texas vulnerable, their free throw shooting, um, their turnovers, their terrible fast break ability, and you know all the, and then their tendency to foul. They're they're not very deep. They all made an appearance. All that said, UTIP won by f essentially five, right? Yeah, you you won by two, but Marjorie McBride hit a bucket uh, at the buzzer. It didn't really mean anything. So you basically won by five. And I thought it took you know all of that happening. Also, you're at home. Also, the refs are kind of you know crazy. You know, that, that doesn't tell you that you're that much better than North Texas. Um, so good win nonetheless, right? And it's good for the program. Joe Golding was happy about it. Um, you know, you, you, you'll you take whatever fortune you can get. I talk about this all the time. Um, don't apologize for being lucky, right? Because there's time you're going to be not, you're going to be unlucky. You're not going to be lucky. And, uh, you know, you're going to wish you had it. I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. Uh, UTEP started out strong. I think they won seven straight, right, to start the conference. Oh, six straight. 
after the loss to Charlotte. Old Dominion, UTSA twice. Uh, those are, you know, weak wins. Beat FIU. Again, they're terrible. Rice, again, not good. So the one good win was against uh, FAU at home. Uh, after that, dropped to North Texas. Dropped the game to North Texas in a game where you competed well. But uh, I think the North Texas was playing really well at that time, early February. Then lost to Marshall. That was a bad loss. Beat Louisiana Tech. Good win. Beat Southern Miss. You know, taking care of business. Then losing to Middle. Losing to UAB. I think that firmly established UTEP's uh, uh place in the hierarchy they were they had designs of making a run like can they be one of the best teams you lose to metal lose to uab and he's like okay this team's not that good that said they competed well against uab they beat up on rice uh well they sort of escaped right rice had that half court shot that could have maybe tied or whatever um and then you beat north texas i think that was a game that they were really looking forward to so what do we make of this team um they have focused on defense Joe Golden's a defensive coach. He's uh he's very good at his job. Um, he's getting the most out of his squad. He's getting Sule Boom to play defense. Bienemy Jamal Bienemy. I say Eric before uh, on a different show. Jamal Bienemy to play defense. They are bucket getters. In particular, Sule Boom is a bucket getter. He can score from anywhere. And I talk about this right. A good way of playing. Um, basketball is to get stops, have a system that gets everybody some points, right? A machine that can manufacture points at a decent clip. Uh, and then when it's winning time, you get the ball to your best dude and have them go beat their guy, right? That's, uh, you know, North Texas does that. Um, UAB does that. UTEP can do that. We saw in this game the ideal version of UTEP where they play tough basketball make you work for shots, win possessions, get easy buckets, get you in foul trouble, right? Uh, was it uh, Jamari Sibley had 11 points in that one? He's not a big scorer. But if he's getting buckets you know, off of putbacks, off of hustle plays, off of free throws, then it makes it easier, right? Sule Boom got the ball. He, had, he only had two in the first half. He scored 18 in the second. A lot of that was free throws, right? But he was drawing fouls, something he's good at. And uh, he was getting buckets. He pulled up on J.J. Uh, Murray, one of North Texas' best defenders. Uh, you know, mid-range, he probably got fouled on it, hit a bucket in his face. Uh, he's running off a screen, caught it, and won, you know, going up. He can score. He can score from almost anywhere. And you want to save that that powder for when it matters. Uh, you know, closeouts, right? Close out the game. Give the ball to a dude that can cannot be stopped. He has a little hesitation. Pull up. He can score from anywhere. Give him a little DeMar DeRozan. Pump fake. Pump fake. Get a foul. That's the dude you want. You rather get those buckets when you're up four or five, right? Because then they can push the lead out, get some guys into foul trouble, make them reach, do that kind of thing. Uh, or when you need a bucket late, right? That's that's when you want that that power, so to speak. Uh, Jamal Bianami, he can score same kind of way. I really like Keontae Kennedy. He brings a different level of enthusiasm. He's six five, quick hands, plays defense, best defender. UTEP put him on Tyler Perry. He did a great job forcing some turnovers, making him do some, you know, things. We'll talk about North Texas uh, a little bit later, but, you know, I, I think the the book on North Texas is put your best defender, uh, trap Tyler Perry because he's a little shorter, try to get some turnovers over there, right? Keontae Kennedy was making him work. Again, he's long, 6'5", long arms. 
Uh, he's an athlete. He'll go out there and try to dunk on you. I like him. Uh, sizing up, UTEP's run through the bracket, right? You got an old Dominion team that is hit or miss. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get with this team. They're well coached and they're deliberate. But I don't think they have a, the same kind of ceiling as it did in, in recent years. They did beat middle, which keeps up with their, uh, you know, old Dominion's run of winning against the number one seed uh, right before the conference tournament. Last year, they beat Western. They they got they ran into North Texas. They had a good matchup, I think, late down the stretch. Um, you know, they, they, they didn't have everything that they needed. Malik Curry uh, was in a battle with, uh, with uh, Javion Hamlet. They came up empty. North Texas won. This year, uh, you know, before we get too much into UTEP, they're... It really depends on how their bigs are playing and if guys are hitting big buckets. That's that's really what matters, right? Can they beat a UTEP? Sure, they have beat them in overtime in the one game back in January. Those are basically two different teams. You can't read too much into that one. In recent weeks, you like that Old Dominion beat Middle Tennessee, but again, Middle Tennessee kind of, you know, they wrapped it up. Is that uh, uh, really telling? I don't think so. Uh, I think more telling is Old Dominion losing to Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, Losing to Western Kentucky, losing to Marshall after beating UAB on their day. If if Old Dominion is playing physical and the refs are letting them do their thing, they're tough because they're just so physical inside. But I think if the refs are, you know, U- UTEP has enough physicality, they can kind of bang with them a little bit. If the refs are calling it where they're letting UTEP, um, you know, uh, play their game and not just letting uh, Old Dominion maul them. I think UTEP wins this one. I certainly can see UTEP winning this one, the next one against Middle Tennessee, and then getting to the semifinal. And I already just said that. A lot of that is because how well they're playing right now, uh, their ability to get stops with Keontae Kennedy. He can put you put him on their best score. He can slow him down just enough. And then you don't just have Sully Boom. You have also Jamal Biennemi, and he can do the same thing. Uh, maybe not at the same level. Boom has been a little bit more better this season. But I, I, I like that they have options, and I really like Joe Golding's ability to scheme up, coach up something. He can find a way to stop the team. Old Dominion doesn't have a great offense, right? So I think definitely get some stops there. And then Middle Tennessee, I think they're young. They they have, um, you know, they're, we'll talk about them in a second too. Their offense is... Uh, you know, you kind of see it's a lot of common stuff. They have a read and react kind of thing happening, but they're still a little young. You can see that that is not as smooth as it is for other teams. And I think that's that plays into UTEP's hands there. Uh, you can beat them if you have an efficient offense, right? It's a, it's a machine. But if you're hesitating, if you're thinking, if you're wondering what you should be doing at a play, that's that makes you vulnerable. I think UTEP's getting better uh, right now. Um, you know. If UTEP loses, it's because, uh, you know, their offense is a little bit, they're not getting enough from everybody else, right? And they're relying too heavily on Boom and Biennemi too early. You want them ideally to make their runs late, um, you know, close out games, make it ugly, win it, get points from everybody else early, and then close it out with their stars late. If they have to rely too much on their, um, their ballers early, they're vulnerable, right? They might run out of gas. They might not have it. Uh, you know, the defense might have some something for him, right? Hey, you know what? He crossed me up when he left three times already. I'm going to be a little bit more ready for that this time. Uh, there's only so many tricks you have in the bag um, and, and on a night. And so 
You don't want to use them all up, right? Uh, so that that is UTEP. I like them. They're they're a little bit of a dark horse right now. Uh, I really like the way they played against North Texas. They showed a lot. Uh, that said, they, you you don't want to get too ahead of yourself, right? You don't want to feel like you won anything, you accomplished anything. There's still work to do. That's always a a possibility. All right, let's talk a little bit more about uh, uh, Old Dominion. All right, I like Old Dominion sometimes. I like Jeff Jones. Uh, I thought that their strategy last couple seasons, uh, I mean, all right, so what's a better way to put this? Let's do this. In 2018, losing in the final, well, in the, I think it was a semifinal, right? Uh, You know, to Western Kentucky, second in offense efficiency, second in defense efficiency. They had Trey Porter, big guy, right? Would get buckets inside. He was very good. Uh, that team also had uh, B.J. Stith, Ahmad Caver, uh, Brandon Stith. They're a good squad, right? 2019, fifth in defense, sixth in offense. Uh, you beat Western Kentucky in the final. You needed Ahmad Caver to ball out in that one. Um, really needed Xavier Green's buckets in the in the championship game, uh, but came through, executed. Like, you know, Ahmad Caver had a big uh, three against Louisiana Tech. It was ridiculous, right? Uh, and you lose, you get blown out by Purdue in uh, in in the first round. Uh, that's all fine. It's all well and good. The twenty season canceled, right? The postseason's canceled. Third in efficiency, defensively. Uh, seventh, offensively. Having a lot of struggles uh, executing without a mod caver, right? 21, more struggles. Fall to 10th in offense, but still sixth in, in defensive efficiency. They're solid enough. They scrambled their way up into uh, you know beating Western Kentucky on the final day, turned a two-seed, battled out with North Texas, only lost by six against a good North Texas squad. Molly Curry was good. Pay was good. Um, you know, Xavier Green, he never really lived up to his potential of that championship game. But really good stuff, right? You know, not terrible. But they've continued this trend. This season, ninth in offensive efficiency, seventh defensively. Where's their offense come from, you know? Uh, I, I don't – I like Jalen Hunter, uh, but he's not quite a mod caver. You know what I mean? He's not quite doing the same things. I don't know if he's as good. Uh, you know, same thing with the, uh, who else is out there? Kaiser. Uh, I I just don't love. I don't love their offense. They don't really do anything particularly well. They don't uh, shoot it very well. They're not a very good three point shooting team. Uh, they don't hit free throws well. Their defense is okay, uh, but a lot of times they they're just I don't know. They're just not that good. They can't. The trend with this team is that the offense has been getting worse, and the defense has not been able to sustain its uh, its uh, toughness, I guess. So what do you have? You, you beat Middle Tennessee on Saturday. You feel good about that. You win by four. Um, you know, there was a, a good output from Hunter. Kaiser put up, uh, was it like 29 points between them? Uh, Ezek Pei, when he balls out, they're good. I like Ezekpe. I thought he was instrumental in bringing the attitude that was needed, the toughness that was needed against UAB. Um, and it really just like the the whole squad. Like he's he's getting buckets. He only got uh, I don't think he like 
got over 20. What did he score against UAB? Uh, Izik Pei. Yeah, he only had 11. He only had 11 versus UAB. But I thought they were a huge point. They were like tough. He was scoring on Jemison, getting him in foul trouble. He brought like a level of enthusiasm. They really got the whole squad excited. The, the, the feeling like, hey, we can beat them. Uh, and we're going to, they're not going to intimidate us here at home. That whole thing, it carried the team, right? Unfortunately, they couldn't bring it against Marshall. They couldn't do the same thing against Western. Uh, you look at their schedule, and there's not a lot of impressive wins outside the UAB one, which is impressive, right? Admittedly. Maybe a Charlotte, but they're kind of middling, right? But you split against Charlotte. You beat FIU, terrible. UTSA, terrible. Marshall, bad. Uh, Florida Atlantic at home, blowing them out. That's sort of impressive, but that's right in that middle of FAU being kind of falling off the mark. They were leading the, the conference for a bit. Now they're not good, right? So then you got what? Uh, beat FIU again. So two of your wins are against FIU. Uh, you split with Marshall. And, you know, you beat Middle Tennessee. You split with Middle Tennessee, right? It's, it's lukewarm, right? Uh, and so, therefore, they are spewed out of our mouths. Um, I, I don't know that Pay has all of the tools to be a guy that you could just throw the ball to and let him go get scored. He's a little undersized in terms of height. He's big. He's physical. Uh, what's really concerning to me about Old Dominion is that they just don't have the execution offensively to score the way they need to. Um, they, they're they're a little outside, you know, undersized, like I said, in terms of uh, of uh, defensive prowess, and they, you know, they, so they're they're just not good enough. That's that's simple fact of it. And you look at a UTEP. We just talked about them. Uh, is that UTEP? They have similar athleticism, right? I like uh, some of their 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 bigs. You know, I think they can go inside and bang with Old Dominion just a little bit. They have Keontae Kennedy. He's gonna, you know, kind of take away a Jalen Hunter or a Kaiser. And so, you know, you say, well, who's gonna get you buckets, right? Can you get buckets against a coach and staff that knows how to take away your strength? Not likely. Not you know, it doesn't really seem well. Okay, kid. Can your defense do what it needs to do against a really good UTEP team? Um, and the answer is uh, probably not, right? Boom had 28 points against you the last time you played. Jamal Biennemi, 14. Uh, Jamari Sibley, you know, not coincidentally, uh, he scored 11 points in that one. The next time he scored 11 points was beating North Texas, right? So you basically let UTEP play as well as they could play, and they beat you at home, right? And uh, UTEP is better now. They're feeling good. They're more confident in their system. They're more confident, like defensively, uh, and they know that Jamal. They know what they want to do. They want to get stops, run their offense, and then get the ball to boom late and let them go cook. And I don't really see that Middle Tennessee. Uh, I'm, excuse me. I don't really see that. You know, being a, a down Middle Tennessee is evidence that Old Dominions can execute that. That said, um, Jeff Jones is, you know championship winning coach uh he's coached good programs it could be that you know just his time to shine uh that toughness the brashness the physicality the old dominion has they're willing to get there and be physical um that may make all the difference and i can see you know if i squint uh you know that utep is maybe feeling good about beating north texas at home and feel like they've accomplished their mission and old dominion you know staying a little hungry and jumping up and biting them.
and then you know you got middle but here's the deal right so middle maybe wants a little revenge like you know what you kind of interrupted our special season and we want to get revenge we're gonna be more locked in we're gonna be ready for what you brought that happens all the time um and then let's say you get through that right you know just yep more experience uh playing i guess zeke pay's been there forever and hunter's been there for a while uh and it, it shines through the middle tennessee you know like athleticism pressing defense right because they're a little inexperienced you get old dominion i mean i'm sorry you get uh uab right a team again that you bullied at home uh that you you know beat through sheer force of uh like enthusiasm you made a lot of tough shots that wasn't really like look at us out executing uab or making it tough on them it was more like here's a bad shot i'm gonna just you know be physical and you know get it up there and it went in uh i think uab was a little taken aback at it like we're playing good defense and yet they're still they're still scoring um what what the h uh let me see i want to look at something yeah offensive rating in that game was 118 by far the highest in in conference play last time we did something like that was against manhattan uh early early in the season uh you know Maybe FIU, which is a terrible team. It, it was just very unusual. I think that was the best uh, outing that UAB allowed offensively, uh, you know, by anybody. Uh, but you still had a hard time stopping UAB, right? And that's the thing about this old Dominion team. It used to be defense and efficient offense, very much like this North Texas team that we see winning this uh, regular season. I don't think that old Dominion uh, has what it takes to do it three times in a row. We've already seen that this team is hit or miss, right? You probably can get a win against a UTEP, but I don't see that you can get a win against UTEP and middle and UAB. Uh, if they were to make it that far, then you get out of the bracket and you take on one of North Texas, uh, probably Western or, or Louisiana Tech. And, you know, that's it. That's your road to the championship. Um, you know, on a good day, I could see a win against UTEP. Any other option, it's it's done so. I don't see it happening. All right. Um, let's see. Who's next? Florida Atlantic. How many teams is that already? 11. 11 teams. Um, okay. FAU. What did you do this season, guys? Um, it was sort of a banner year, right? Uh, you go 18 and 13, 11 and seven in the conference, you finish third, which was, uh, not bad, but you got a taste of being at the top, right? For a little bit there, you were one of the better teams. And so you feel like there was a little bit of disappointment. And in fact, it was, I would be disappointed in FAU's ending of the season. You finished fourth in efficiency in the, in the, uh, offense about fifth in efficiency defensively. Um, you know, I think when it mattered, didn't do well, right? It was, it was not anything that you could be proud of, even though the wins are there, right? There was that stretch, and I know the coach, uh, uh, Dusty May, was like, well, it's good teams, man. But you lose to Western in, in what I call like a statement game, right? You beat Old Dominion. Uh, you're coming off a four-game win streak, you go to Western Kentucky, 
a down Western Kentucky, right? It's a chance to to sort of make a statement. Say, hey, you know what? The East is ours. We're gonna make a we're gonna make a run here. Uh, we're gonna establish ourselves. Beat a good team. And again, the whole East is pretty much down, right? So you got to figure out who you're gonna beat. You beat Middle early, right? That was good. I'm mean, sorry, you lose to Middle early, um, so that was not good, right? But you know, you had beaten Marshall. Everybody thought Marshall was gonna be good, so you kind of felt okay, whatever. Uh, you got the win at Western January twentieth, and you know, it was a chance to establish yourself. You lose. Okay, fine. Thursday game, it happens. Uh, next week, seven days later, you get a chance to shake that off at home against North Texas. Get a lot of time to prepare for them. And while the game was in Florida Atlantic's favor for a bit, North Texas really established themselves, right? They, they did what they, you know, FAU was forced to play North Texas' game. Abu Usman got buckets inside. Uh, Thomas Bell did not have a good game. Tyler Perry did not have a good game. Uh, a lot of turnovers. I think he had a couple shots in there, but he had like three turnovers in the final uh, minute or something like that. But so did Michael Forrest, your guy, right? Senior, you know, experienced dude. He was terrible. He only had the seven points, uh, and he missed like off the front rim. A high floater, and then another uh, uh, one just like right off the off off the front rim, just wide open catch and shoot. I forget exactly how that happened, but uh, I mean it was back in February. the The point is, is that that was a chance. You need your best guy with the ball and a chance to win it, and he had three, and they didn't do it. North Texas stole a victory. Um, you know they were down eight, um, and like in the first half, FAU had a you had them, right? It was a, it was another chance. I was after that one. You lose again to middle. This time by eight or so, whatever it was, right? At home. Sort of blown the chances. And then you get blown out by Old Dominion. That four-game streak, all of February, basically, was just incredibly bad for everybody's morale and our opinion of Florida Atlantic. Um, finally, you beat, you beat Charlotte to end the, the time, and then you get a couple easy wins over a terrible FIU team to sort of pad the stats. Um, I think, you know, you look at the squad. Mike Forrest, that's your guy. He's so quick. He's good. He can get where he wants to get on the floor and get some buckets. Um, but the rest of the squad, there's some questions, right? Uh, like, you know, uh, was it Greenlee was struggling for a little bit from the field? He couldn't hit anything. Uh, Giancarlo Rosado, he's a big dude, but he was getting, he was getting bullied inside by like, uh, Abu Usman. You got, uh, Ladislav Golden. He showed some things, another tall dude. There's just really some questions that I have about their ability to defend when they need to. Everybody feels more comfortable and this may be just a function of youth when they're at home, but not really doing the best stuff when they're on the road. And I think that showed up, uh, unfortunately it showed up with Michael Forrest, right? First of all. But, um, you know, I, a lot of questions, a lot of things that happen when you're young, right? You play too fast, uh, some ball handling issues, um, you know. I'd like that some of these dudes, like, I, I like that Michael Force can get into the lane. You need a guy that can create for you. He can get where he needs to go, makes it easy on everybody else. Um, you know, Golden has a couple of post moves. I don't know if anything in, like, in this squad is 
good enough to beat teams when it absolutely matters, right? They stay tough, and maybe it's that kind of thing where, like, it's a little bit of an inexperienced team that, um, you know, I say that, like, you know, Golden played the year at Texas Tech. Everybody has a little experience, but I don't know that they've had experience um, at this level where, it, like, it matters, right? Like, you know, you need to go and do some things, do some things here. Um, FAU last year lost to Tech. It was a little bit different team, but also had, you know, Mike Forrest had Greenlee on it, but you know that one also had Jalen Ingram that was taking the bulk of the of the offense, right? Doing the bulk of the work. This is a little bit different team, and you know I, I just kind of wonder if they can meet the moment, right? I felt like losing those four straight was them not meeting the moment. They they competed against Western. They kind of slipped up and felt you know kind of broke down down the stretch. I think that broke them a little bit. Losing to middle and then just getting blown out by Old Dominion. I don't know. I think they just lost some confidence. Building some of that back up, right? You beat Charlotte, beat, F, beat FIU twice. Now, that's not super impressive, but it might be just what you need, you know? Um, That said, when they were rolling, I guess they don't have a whole lot of pressure on them. They beat Tech, right? Louisiana Tech, that's a good win. And I feel like, you know, and they, they also did blow out it. To be fair, Old Dominion, they're just trading blowouts. Um, I feel like the, there's some talent here. There's an opportunity. Um, I can see FAU hitting those shots, getting out, running, making it easy, getting easy buckets, just relying on Mike Forrest to do his thing. Um, you know, you get like a Greenlee just getting out of his funk a little bit. And, I mean, the first game is not going to be against anybody good, right? UTSA is terrible, and uh, Southern Miss is extra terrible. Um, this season, I don't think, yeah, you played, I don't think you played Southern Miss, right? You did play well. There you go. Southern Miss, you blew them out. UTSA, one, away, on the road. So it's kind of weird playing in San Antonio in that weird gym. It should be more of the same. It should be a blowout, right? You, you, you get some room to make a mistake because even if you're not comfortable with the moment, UTSA will give you chances to score. Southern Miss will give you chances to score. They'll hurt themselves. So they'll help you out, right? A little self-inflicted wounds. After that, it's UAB. The big challenge. They're vulnerable. UAB can be beaten. You know, UAB will take their eyes off the prize. They have, uh, you know, some question marks about execution, about basketball decisions down the stretch. Famously, UAB uh, uh, lost to North Texas. But I think an underrated point in that game was the fact that Jelly Walker... Made a bad decision down the stretch, right? He, he had the ball like 40 seconds left. He attacked the basket when he should have just dribbled the ball and let the defense come to him and foul him. He attacked the basket, got blocked. North Texas went down scores, right? Um, now, the same things that make him great, the same things that make, you know, uh, uh, make him do that there, because he thinks he can score from everywhere, he will take a shot from everywhere. But sometimes it's not the right decision. But I respect the confidence. Um, can FAU do the job defensively against them? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, I don't love their defense, but they're about middle of the road. And I'm saying it's like, it's hard to get a sense, right? Like defending up a Marshall, um, you know, uh, UTSA, it's, it's not so great, right? But you do, did an okay job 
you know, against North Texas, um, who had a very efficient offense. Um, he did an okay job even against like, uh, uh, you know, like Charlotte. I don't know. I, I just there's not a lot of uh, uh, I say like obvious positives for this FAU team. You can hear me trying to struggle and figure out how they can win. It just they're like two different teams, right? When they're flowing, they're very good, right? And a lot of that, I think, has to do with confidence and letting the ball go. Once they were the hunted, they immediately fell apart. And so that's what concerns me about that Wednesday game, right? They're expected to do well, and I can see them sort of imploding. But you play like a, um, a UAB where you're expected to get blown out. I think that takes a lot off you because you're just expected to get crushed. So anytime you're not getting crushed... You know, you're winning. You're winning by not being crushed. And, you know, combine that with UAB, maybe taking her eye off the prize a little bit, looking ahead, um, you know, trying to right some wrongs. I think you can maybe sneak in an up- upset, right? Um, I could see it happening. Uh, I like I like Rosado's game. Uh, I like his ability to score inside at times. Um, who else? Uh, Elijah Martin's not afraid to let it fly. You know, again, freshman, he can shoot it. Uh, he made 73s this season, 40% shooting it. Michael Forrest can shoot the ball. Uh, you know, Brian Greenlee, like I said, he's been kind of struggling, but he'll shoot. He made like 43s or something like that. And a couple other guys will are willing shooters. But it breaks down like this, right? They're going to win if they're knocking those down. If Forrest and Martin are able to just catch and shoot in rhythm and let it go, where they're not having to break down the defense, find dudes, and execute a lot of offense, right? And it helps if the other teams turn the ball over. So let's say UAB is just turn the ball over and you get to that point. I could see it. I could see it happening. Um, Good run by FAU this season, though. Uh, I think there's room for improvement. Uh, you got to get older, get better, develop a little bit. I don't think it'd be a disappointment if you lose to UAB in the quarterfinal round. I think everybody's going to feel good about the entire little run. So that's it. Let's go bottom to top. We'll go UAB, middle, western, and then finally North Texas. All right. So UAB, the favorite to win uh, in some circles. The, uh, what is the word? Um the uh, second favorite, right? You know, they get they have an easy bracket. I think that's the that's consensus, right? North Texas, UAB, two favorites to get into the final. Uh, I think a lot of people like neutrals are rooting for that one. They played such a great game in the last one we saw. Uh, UAB was the best and most talked about Conference USA team leading up to this tournament. Uh, you know, like in the first half of the season, right? Non-conference in the early first half, North Texas eclipsed them in in conversation with that long fifteen-game win streak. That said, UAB is still very good. Defensively, very good. Andy Kennedy, uh, Grant McGasson, probably the two best coaches in this league. Andy Kennedy turned that team around. Uh, he turned them into a defensive force. And it's not always reflected in the like the actual numbers. Like, you know, for example, UAB is like third in, de- in defense, right? But I think the what's kind of missing there is that it's it's such a physical defense, right? They get so many turnovers, right? They're number one in, in turnover percentage defensively. They get turnovers and that fuels their offense, right? They get it, they go, they throw it out and they get easy buckets, right? Um Taven Loven, six four, two ten, beast. 
Uh, Michael Ertl, 6'2", 190. He got crossed up a couple times, but he's silky smooth with it, and he used their primary bucket getter last season. And you might forget this, right? You know, Western Kentucky went on to win uh, their side of the bracket last year and faced North Texas in the final. But UAB was about a bucket away, and that was Michael Ertl. If he hit a bucket, I think it was a three from the wing, you know, there, then Western Kentucky needs to go down and get a bucket to win it. He missed it. It was kind of a foul uh, situation, but it was that close. UAB could have very well eliminated Western Kentucky, and we could have had a North Texas UAB battle uh, last year. Very close. That's a very good team. Trey Jimison, seven footer, big guy down low. Um, he's a beast in there. He, uh, you know, he changes shots. He battles for rebounds. He makes you think about him. Uh, North Texas got him out in the wing, but he, you know, he does a serviceable job. Quan Jackson, six four, one eighty, senior. He's their best defender. He'll fly out there and and fly around the court, gets a bunch of steals, and messes up your whole life. <laughs> That's basically right. Uh his uh steal percentage is like four point three percent. I feel like he's always stealing the ball, getting his hands on some passes, just bothering dudes, right? A lot of good dudes on this squad. And um Buffin, right? KJ Buffin, six seven, two thirty. That dude is a handful. Uh he came out of Mississippi, right? He came well from Ole Miss, right? Um so where am I? Yeah. Trey Jimson, baller. Uh Taven Lovin, baller. Um Ertl, you know, he'll he'll get cooked up sometimes, but he's a bucket getter. Jordan Walker's came in and become the bucket getter, right? He he's a step beyond. He's better than Ertl. Ertl could still cross you up and get big buckets and hit has hit some underrated big buckets this season. Uh so don't sleep on that dude offensively, like I said. Uh Jordan Walker is balling. Probably conference player of the year. He can score from anywhere. I said it throughout this podcast. He changes the calculus of the of your defense. He's so quick that you have to respect him getting to the basket. But he can pull up from anywhere. So you have to close in on him, which makes him quicker, right? Um he, he scored what at forty this season already. Uh he broke Andy Kennedy's record. Um, but yeah, I think the the real deal with this squad is Quan Jackson buffing Trey Jemison that they just provide a toughness that you it's very difficult to get by and then Taven Lovin right toughness they like to press they'll trap you they did a good job pressing North Texas right Tyler Perry turned the ball over a couple times they really got North Texas scrambling uh at a a lot of points there was an 11-0 run that for most teams would have been a knockout blow against North Texas right that was the last loss that, that they had the knock on UAB is really that they sometimes kind of lose a little focus. When they're locked in, they're very, very good. When they're not, you know, things start to happen. Um, Old Dominion won because they weren't scared of them and they got lucky, right? Very fortunate in that one. Uh, that can happen to anybody, right? The other team would just start hitting every, any and everything. And there's not really much you can do. Uh, that said, it's just like losing to Marshall, it, it, you know, you let yourself get into trouble and then have a tough time, you know, catching up. There's a there's a thing about it is that Jordan Walker probably is a little wild with his decision-making sometimes. But he can go get buckets, right? And I wonder about their ability to score outside of him. 
like last year was just like, well, we need a bucket to give it to Mike Ertle. This year, it's we need a bucket to give it to Jelly. And then I, I don't know is where's the rest of your system. You can yeah throw it down low and see if somebody can get a post up. I don't love it though, um, and I, I wonder about that. And, you're, and if you want to point to the you want to point to uh, you know we we're super efficient offensively. Again, number one in offensive efficiency. A lot of that is because yeah you. <laughs> You can get buckets from anywhere from Jordan Walker, but a lot of the runouts, a lot of the steals, um, means easy buckets the other way. We saw North Texas do a good job of holding UAB when it mattered. Let me just make that point right now, right? Because I think if you, again you look at the overall numbers, um, the offensive efficiency against North Texas was like ninety six, which is significantly down from like one twenty five you put up against Southern Miss, but Southern Miss is terrible, um, you know. You play it, North Texas made them work. He, he they took away the the primary actions. They made it tough. They guarded all those other things, and that was still while turning the ball over. North Texas is very good. It's probably the only team I could see beating UAB. Right, just in in this entire bracket, is Middle beating you? No, no, they're not. Uh, you blew out Middle. The one game you played them, Middle doesn't have the kind of execution that you need to get buckets. I mentioned this before. We'll talk about middle in a second. But they're a little bit young. They they run like this free-flowing, read-and-react offense. And sometimes you you can see them think it out loud. They're like, oh, should I cut? Oh, no, I'm not supposed to cut right now. I'm supposed to do this. In those moments, that's where uh, it, you know monster defenses like this one will take full advantage. They'll take advantage of your hesitation to still get a run out or force you into a bad decision, right? Or that you think, as you're deciding, they see what you're doing, you're like, oh, he's going to do a dribble handoff, and they're ready for it. That's what will happen. Um, you look at the teams they lost to, right? Rice, that's sleeping on Rice. Marshall, sleeping on Marshall. Old Dominion, Luck, and like I said, North Texas was probably the only loss where they were ready, they had the advantage, they dealt the knockout blow, but North Texas did a little Rocky Balboa and bounced up, a little Undertaker, right? Boom, and then just rose from the dead. That said, it took a it took a big time bucket. You look at Tyler Perry getting his twenty five points. He had to hit it was like three buzzer beating shots to do it throughout the game. That's not something that's easily replicated, right? So you, if you're at UAB, you feel real good about your your role. Uh, I mean, normal fans are gonna be like, well, you know, I, I think we have this. We gotta worry about this, and is, are we gonna? breakdown at this point but i think anybody else looking at uab says they're too good to lose to florida atlantic and definitely too good to lose to utsa or southern miss that upset florida atlantic after that i say you probably get a, a middle or a utep or even an old dominion i think you're better than any of those three teams um middle is is solid but the whole east is down and uab Tech, North Texas are all better than anybody that the East has, right? Um, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, you look at you look at the everybody's odds of making it, right? They have Louisiana Tech with a better chance of getting to the final than Western Kentucky, which means that they think that Louisiana Tech could beat Western Kentucky. And that's your two seed, right? Middle, not so great. Uh, they're a little bit of a surprise team. UAB has been there. They've been in a semifinal. They've seen what happens, right? They've seen what they need to do. They can get it done. Uh, I like UAB a ton. I think um, they have the easiest route to the title, but that might be their Achilles heel, really, meaning their only weakness. 
is that they might take their eye off the prize, feel like they're already looking forward to the championship, and not take care of business. Like we said, that's what has happened. Um, that's Andy Kennedy's job. So what he's getting paid the big bucks to do is to help coach his team into do, um, being ready for the moment. Can they do it? That's the question. That's what we'll see. Thursday, March 10th, quarterfinal, court B, 8.30 p.m. on Stadium. That's where we'll see UAB uh, take the floor for the first time and, and put it all to the test. So with that said, let's move on. Let's talk some middle. I've talked a lot of mess about middle in this podcast, this long podcast. There's a lot of teams, though. Um, I respect what middle Tennessee has done. 22 and 9, 13 and 5 in the conference. Uh that's second most wins, right? You know, UAB went 24 and 7, 14 and 4 in the conference, right? Uh Middle Tennessee it finished uh what was it? 6th in offense, 3rd in defense. They're very good defensively. They do a similar thing that you'll see like, you know, UAB do. They like to pressure, they you know, do a full court pressure sometimes. Um they were competing with North Texas, right? They went to North Texas and they competed with them. They lost to Rice to start the season. Um, I thought we, I certainly thought it was like, well, same old middle. They're going to be pretty terrible in this one. Uh, you beat FAU, it turns out to be, you know, better, a better win than we expected. FIU, Southern Miss, Marshall, not good wins because those teams are terrible, right? Turns out. Beating Western, Saturday, January 29th, big time win. Shows you're for real, right? Then you follow that up with a blowout loss to UAB. Okay, fine. Maybe not as good. Take care of business against UTSA. Beat Old Dominion. Charlotte, FIU. Again, not good teams. Beat FAU on the road. We talked about this, right? FAU trying to establish themselves, show that they mean business. Turns out Middle said, hey, look, we mean business. We'll go to your house where you've been tough. Beat you over there. Beat UTEP at home. Marshall, and again, the second time beating West Kentucky, which I think raised everybody's eyebrows, and um, I also clinched the division, all that good stuff, um, was huge, right? 17-point win, uh, you know, really handled business in that one. Um, and after that, two losses following that, right? To Charlotte, to Old Dominion, and those are indicators that I don't know that this team is ready to do what they have to do, right? They feel like maybe they already accomplished everything they need to accomplish, perhaps. Um you know, I, I think, you know, I think it's going to be a little tough. Uh, is Josh Josh Jefferson, is, still, is he still hurt? Is that what's going on here? Um, I forget the, the latest and greatest on him. But you lose to, you lose to uh, Charlotte, close game. Lose to Old Dominion, close game. Uh, and like I said, I feel like what when it came down to it and they had to do what they needed to do, they did it. They controlled that game against Western. Um, balance scoring across the board. Uh, you know, I guess let's talk about the roster, right? Uh, let's see. Took some notes. I like I like Cameron Weston's game. You know, he can handle the ball. He's uh, fancy with it. He has some style. Uh, DeAndre Dishman, aggressive. Some, same kind of thing. He's long. Uh, Donovan Sims, uh, bucket getter kind of dude. Josh Jefferson, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Uh, I like what they bring to the table. I like Eli Lawrence. I like his, I like his defense. Uh, he's, he'll pick up dudes full court. He, he's, he hustles around the, the, the court. He challenges shots. You're going to shoot. He, he's challenging things. 
uh, lots of effort, right? I like what middle does. I see how they win games, right? They put pressure on you to execute. They put their athletes on you early, make you make a decision and make you, you know, execute that way. And that's where like the best teams were able to do that, right? Like North Texas can't execute, right? They're happy to do that. Um, you know, UAB tough. They're not, you say, well, I'm going to get in your face and be physical. They're like, well, cool. We're going to do the same to you. And that's where, you know, it didn't quite work out for them. Everybody else, you're better than them, right? Because you're just putting pressure on them. And you say, we have better athletes that execute our system just a little bit better than you. And that's why you win games. I like it. It's good stuff, especially at home where everybody feels comfortable. Uh, you know, the shots are feeling uh, easier. Uh, without Josh Jefferson, I don't know if he's going to play. It, you have some time. Right, Thursday. I mean, I don't, I don't remember what's what happened with him what the deal was uh but you got all the way till thursday to get him right get him ready and if not it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a deal right he didn't play the last two games uh you know he was he's a solid contributor for them he hasn't scored less than than 10 he had 30 against uh um against charlotte uh 26 against fau he's good right he's one of the best dudes and, and i like what what Nick McDivitt has done. I really like what middle has done. I, I just don't, <laughs> I'm trying to say I, I respect it, but I don't think that it's good enough. Right. I think there's a lot of this league. This division is down. Like Western is not nearly as good as they were last year. Right. Um, North Texas, UAB clearly better than everybody in the East, I think. And Louisiana tech, I think if you put them in the East and they win it sort of going away, uh, it kind of depends. Right. And that that's that's everybody you have, right? So like FAU Western, they kind of you know eleven and seven, both of them. They picked on a lot of terrible teams, you know. Marshall lost fourteen games, you know. FAU lost thirteen games. Um. So you look at you look at middle and and I think you just I don't I don't really think they're ready. I don't think they're ready to to do what they need to do, right? And so like you say, all right, what's the game plan? We're gonna take on UTEP, right? Middle, say UTEP wins. Um, we're going to pressure them, right? You know who does that? UAB, right? UTEP, play with UAB. Uh, we're we're going to get in their face. We're going to challenge them. We're going to, you know, be athletes in their face. That's what UAB does. That's what North Texas does. That's what Louisiana Tech does. So, you know, they're not shocked by it. Uh, you know, UTEP has done well against that. They felt real good about doing that this past weekend. So I don't think you're going to shock them, you know? Uh, that said... Did blow out UTEP. Uh, UTEP was blown out by Middle Tennessee. So you know, and maybe everything I'm saying is is not is not holding water. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I had a point here. Is that my feelings? I'm I'm happy to be wrong, and I'm, I, I I know what you're gonna say, right? You're a Middle Tennessee fan sitting there in Nashville or something. Um, that look, everybody's doubted this 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 whole season, and I think with good reason. I mean, nobody really saw middle doing this well, uh, and we're gonna prove you wrong, right? We're gonna do what we need to do, and we're gonna step up and and shock the world. I mean, sure, sure. I think middle losing in the quarterfinals would be disappointing. Getting to the semifinals, I think everybody feel good about that. It's like, hey, we won a division title. We, you know, we were right there towards the end with a chance to win. Um, 
you know, a regular season title. So we feel good about things. He can sell that, get some recruits. Look what Nick McDevitt's building, et cetera, et cetera. I even like their future, right? Because, you know, like, eventually UAB, North Texas, Louisiana, uh, I mean, uh, North Texas, um, they're going to be gone, right? Certainly Marshall, FIU, and Old Dominion, they're going to be gone. Middle, you're going to be, I mean, I think you can hoop up better than Jacksonville State. I think you can, you know, hoop better than, uh, who else is coming to the conference? Uh, Liberty, right? Uh, Liberty's coming, right? Liberty's kind of good. They're a pretty good basketball team. Anyway, my point is, the future can be bright. You like what McDivitt's doing. Can you find some guys to fit in the system? Uh, you can get some transfers. You can get good in college basketball very quickly. It's a thing. It's possible. Good coaches do it all the time. Uh, will they be able to do that? I don't know. This also could be just like, you know what? It's a lot of losing was happening, and the light turned on combined with a division that was very down. And middle's just perfect storm of things. Uh, all in all, that's you know you don't apologize for that. You enjoy the wins. You you know you compete in the season that you're competing in. You know you don't get to change any of the levers. Um, you beat U- UTEP or Old Dominion. I think it's going to be UTEP. Then you move on. You play UAB. That's going to be a tough one. Again, if UAB is not playing to their potential, you can steal a victory there. Middle has the kind of team, right? Because of the way you play, right? Like force turnovers, get buckets, create uh, uh, volatility. That's how you can create havoc and the potion for an upset, right? Guys are scrambling, running around, then anything can happen, right? They got athletes. I really like Eli Lawrence. Um, anything can happen. You have some guys that are they're willing to take shots, willing to execute. You know, let's just say the the thing about middle that I don't like is that when they're asked to execute, there's a little too much thinking for my for my you know taste. And I think the better teams will take full advantage of that. You know, like I said, the way North Texas did, the way UAB did. And I think it is something to say. You know, those are two clearly better teams, right? Those are two teams that are just next level. They have experienced guys, talented guys, good coaches. They're going to be ready for him. Um, you know, I, I, I think UTEP is playing very well right now, uh, but so is middle. I don't not like middle's chances. I just don't think that they have what it takes in a conference tournament setting. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's talk Western. Western. Thursday, March 10th, quarterfinal, court B, 6 p.m. is the time that they'll take on, likely, Louisiana Tech. Uh, But by some miracle, maybe FIU or Marshall. Western, last year, you might remember, went to the final, lost to North Texas in overtime. Um, You know, Rick Stansbury is getting a lot of slack, uh, slack, flack for his inability to win the big game, right? They've been very good every season, a team to reckon with every season. Uh, In 2018, you know, um, you go to the final, lose, basically had the ball made, right? I think the ball just kind of rolled around the rim uh, against Marshall in that one where uh, John Elmore was a balling. 
Uh, was it Darius Thompson? I think it was Darius Thompson. Or was Beard. I forget exactly who drove in and let the floater go. But it was a little battle there between John Elmore, Justin Johnson. Quality basketball in that one. I can't really blame Western for losing in that one. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was a quality effort, that kind of thing. Uh, 2019, make it back to the final. Uh, you know, you beat North Texas, kind of handled them pretty easily. Uh, beat Southern Miss, you know, knocked them away. Take on Old Dominion. A tough Old Dominion team that, uh, you know, had Ahmad Caver, BJ Stith. But I thought Xavier Green just hit some huge buckets. Uh, he had 16 points. He seemingly got wherever he wanted to get. Just hit some huge shots. And, uh, you know, Western Kentucky couldn't do what they wanted to do, right? Disappointment. Uh, but close second players. Uh, 2020, finished second in the, in, the, in the nation, in the conference, right? Lose a big game at North Texas. That basically sealed the second place status, right? North Texas uh, won in overtime. I think what was crazy about that game is that, um, you know, some of your big-time players in that game didn't come up when it when it mattered, right? Uh, I want to say it was that Tavion Hollingsworth missed a big free throw late. That would have sealed it. Um, and, you know, North Texas pulls it away, right? Okay, fine. Fine, whatever. Uh, season's canceled. You don't get to make up for that. It's not his fault. Brooks Stansbury's fault. But you can say that was sort of like the championship game. That was a chance to win a regular season title. Uh, 2021, right? Get to the, the beat UTSA. Just handle them. That was easy. Blowout. UAB, that was a tough game. Beating UAB was impressive because UAB was a tough team. Get to the championship game. Take on North Texas. Losing overtime. Get punched in the mouth to start the game. That was not good. Um, what was it? A 17-0 run. It was 17 nothing to start that game. Doesn't look very good if you're Rick Stansbury to go down 17 nothing in the championship game, right? Like, what did you do? What did you say? You know, hey, just just spot them 17 points. Uh, that put them in a bad spot. Uh, I thought that it was a close game, really anybody's game, especially down the stretch. Had the best player in Charles Bassey, but it didn't really seem like it. Uh, like Charles Bassley was like taking jumpers that he shouldn't have taken, right? I think he went like one of six from three. Uh, very questionable. Um, anyway, this season, come out, sort of fall flat in your face, lose, was it five straight conference games? North Texas, which is understandable, to FAU, they were very good at the time, to FIU, that's a what the hell, UAB, tough team, middle, on a roll. You get back on your feet, beating Charlotte, Old Dominion, FAU again. Right? Uh, UTSA is terrible. Southern Miss, terrible. Charlotte, mediocre. Old Dominion, you know, lukewarm. And you get punched again by Middle Tennessee, establishing as a second-place team. You take care of business against Marshall. Sort of stat padding there. I thought that this team was just not as good defensively. That's really what the cause is. I think I wrote that back in February. Last year, they were the second-best defensive efficiency team, right, because they were forcing – Everybody into Charles Bass. He was just a good, a good player. Um, here you got uh, Jamarian Sharp, seven five, sort of bean pulled like dude. You have a lot of dudes back right. You got Davion McKnight. He's a baller, sophomore. He's unafraid of the moment. Uh, you got Josh Anderson back, right? Six six athlete that seemingly just gets a steal and a, a three sixty dunk every game. 
but not the most polished dude, right? He's not going to go create on his own. You don't, you can't ask him to carry the offense for you, and it's probably the big knock on him. Outside of that, it's uh, you know, I don't know. You kind of look around, you're like, what? What should we be afraid of? Like McKnight can certainly shoot it. Uh, Cameron Justice can certainly shoot it. But you know, I don't know that this team is scary the way that last year's team was scary. Does that make sense? Where um, last year I felt like they were just so had so much talent, so much experience that they were going to make the right play when it mattered. They were going to execute, and they just had the they were just more talented, more experienced guys. Here, some talent, right? Uh, Damian McKnight talent sharp uh, talent josh anderson still a talent um you know uh but i don't feel like they they move together as a team they go through like some long stretches where it's like ah, i don't know what's going on hey davion can you just see if you can make a bucket see if you can create some space and get a jumper and i think that that's that hurts him that hurts them um and creates a situation where you're not as good as you could be, right? Uh, I think, you know, you're missing Hollingsworth is basically what you're missing, right? And then missing Charles Bassey, a guy you could just say, hey, go get us some buckets or, you know, just cl- get buckets for us by cleaning up, getting rebounds, getting put backs, that kind of thing. And that's basically it, right? They're good enough talent-wise, right, to take care of a marshal, which, uh, you know, has bigs that can't move or are not particularly, you know, sizable. So, you know, Sharp's length, you know, bothers everybody. And, you know, they don't really have guards that can attack Sharp off the dribble uh, and make him, make him move, right? So you can beat them. UTSA is terrible. Uh, you know, looking up and down the, the teams that they beat, it makes sense. You look at, like, a North Texas and how they lo- lost that game. You know, North Texas makes you work for everything that you're going to do. And that was kind of the deal there, right? Uh Sharp went four for four, but you know Usman, you know that he's six ten. He's he's given up some size, but you know he made he had ten points, right? Thomas Bell had seventeen. He stepped out and hit some threes on him. Um, you know, like they North Texas has enough to to make you work uh, on defense, and they just started pulling away, hitting big shots when they needed them, and. Western Kentucky didn't have answers for that, right? They, they go through those long droughts, and you're like, well, what should we do? Um, you know, who's going to get the ball? You can't really trust, like, Jarius Hamilton. There's too many questions in, in big moments, right? And uh, similar with the with the UAB game, uh, that was at home in that one, too. Uh, Jordan Walker, you know, obviously hit the big shot. Um, you know, I, I just... I think that they're talented, and so because of that, they can beat anybody, right? You, you can you can beat anybody when you have a lot of talent. But like I said before, it's, it's talent plus execution. Is talent in the right spot? Is talent know what they're supposed to do in this situation? Those are the questions. Uh, they're not really expected to beat Western. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, beat Louisiana Tech. And I think a lot of that has to do, again, with a better coach team, right? I think... I think we like Eric Concole a little bit better than Rick Stansbury. Uh, Stansbury can can recruit anybody, but I don't know that I don't know that anybody said you know what Stansbury is going to come up with a great set right now. Uh, they need a bucket. It's Stansbury time. 
Uh, Eric Conkle, I like his sets. I, I think he always has his team in the right position. He get, he finds ways to get everybody the ball. There's lots of movement, right? He It, it helps his big men become part of the play. They, you know, like uh, Lofton is able to find cutters. and that, It's a way to get easy baskets, right? It's not just give it to our best dude and let him go work. And I think Western sort of devolves into that too often for my taste. Right? I, I see it. It's like, please, Davion, go get us a bucket. Save us, Davion. Um, so you beat Louisiana Tech. I think you can compete with North Texas. Like I said, I think the talent, the size, um, and if you think that North Texas is struggling a little bit right now, right, Thomas Bell that was hitting like three or four threes against Western, he hadn't really shot that well. Teams have sort of figured out what North Texas wants to do with him. The bench is short for North Texas. You give him in foul trouble, right? Maybe, you know, uh, fouling sharp or something like that. And all of a sudden, there's questions, right? Usman has to sit. You can do a UTEP on him. Um, I don't know that 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 um, Western has the same kind of defensive intensity that they've had in years past. Certainly not last year. Uh, this year, where was their defense? Where they rank? What did I say? Um, like last year was second. This year was what eighth. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that I think to beat a North Texas, you have to have a really good defense. Uh, somebody that can trap Tyler Perry when he's bringing the ball down, um, that can, you know, figure out what North Texas is trying to do, stay with them because they're very deliberate, right, and not get beat on those uh, those seals, the duck-ins by Usman where he'll just seal somebody off, get an easy bucket, uh, Aaron Scott with an easy roll, that kind of thing, right? And, you know, I don't know. Western's not really playing well. You beat Marshall. Uh, that's not super, super impressive. They were going to have to see what they're going to do against Tech. If they come out and look sharp the way that we thought they would, right, then you can say, well, you know, look at Stansbury, turn them around, five-game losing streak into a, into a three-game win streak, win the title, get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, it can happen, right? Anybody can happen. It's, it's a new season. You just have to win these games. You don't have to, you know, win a game, go take a final or something like that, that kind of thing. Um Western has a good chance of winning this thing, right? You did the work in the regular season. You got enough wins to get the second round uh, um, skipped, right? You're all the way into the quarterfinals. That's half the work. That's why you do the work in the regular season. Uh, I'm looking for something I want to say. So I had another point about Western Kentucky, and now I lost it. Uh, here's the deal, right? I, I think that the... There is a gigantic question mark hanging over Rick Stansberry. You know, like, is he the kind of guy that is good enough for Western long term? You know, um, is he the kind of guy that would win him a championship and not just, you know, get him there? I don't know. I think that you have to, it's the, the nature of fandom, right? The nature of, of, uh, um, being accustomed to success, right? It reminds me very much uh, of the Nebraska thing where they fired the guy that was like, he won nine, ten games or something like that, and then they couldn't find a guy that won that many games after that. He said, we have high standards here in Nebraska. I'm talking about football, right? But You fire you fire uh, Stansbury, who do you get? Who's going to go to Bowling Green? Uh, you know, who's going to try to dominate Conference USA or something like that, right? 
I thought Joe Golding is a good coach. I like Con Cole. I like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I like Grant McGasson, you know, because he's been winning. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's easy to like the guy that's winning. Uh, I think Steve Henson had a little shine on him for a little bit, and he has not done well at UTSA. That's a place that's difficult to recruit to. It's a bigger town, right? But they don't support basketball as well as, you know, Bowling Green does. I think you can't take that uh, for granted. There are a lot of good coaches out there, though. Um, and you can't knock Stansbury completely because he did get you to the title game. Sometimes you're just unlucky. It's very, very possible. It would be sort of hilarious if Western came into the final and win it as an underdog when they could not win it as the favorite for you know three or four years, like we said. All right. That is that. Let's talk... Um, Let's talk about um, North Texas. The reigning champs, the sort of surprise champs. Uh, if you were remember the beginning of the season, it was sort of like UAB, Louisiana Tech, Western as the favorites. And then North Texas was somewhere in that second tier. Like, well, they're good. They don't have the same guys. A lot of questions, right? Last year, North Texas relied heavily on Javon Hamlet, the best player in the league. Um, not named Charles Bassey, right, just in terms of talent. Javion Hamlet was unafraid of the moment. Uh, he had he was great on the dribble drive, uh, you know, hit huge shots, and, you know, he sort of made, he had a chip on his shoulder, right? He didn't play well against UAB in the final two games of the season, completely turned it around, and North Texas went on a, a, an incredible run, right? They, you know, well, they, North Texas last year lost last three games at Marshall, uh, Javion Hamlet missed the, the buzzer beater, didn't play well against UAB in those two games, um, and then went on an incredible run, right? Just, I think what was remarkable about it was his scores in like the last uh, six minutes plus overtime of all those games. Just ridiculous. Like he's, he hit like 60% of his shots, 70% of his shots. Just ridiculous. Um, last year beat middle, Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky from the third spot, beat Purdue in the first round. Um, you know, a very good Purdue team. It has a lot of the same guys that, that are uh, doing very well right now. And then lost to Villanova, a very good Villanova team. That was North Texas last season. Uh, in 2020, same squad, won a regular season championship. I talked about this when they beat Western. Uh, a thing with North Texas is their ability to win gut check games, right? Going back to that season, uh, you know, they, they lost the uh, – the, a couple of days before that and in 2020 to Louisiana Tech, good Louisiana Tech team. And, you know, had Western Kentucky coming into their house, beat them, right? Uh, in overtime, they were down like six or something like that and you just make bucket, clutch bucket after clutch bucket and, you know, win the regular season title. And, uh, you know, you go back to McGaslin's first season, which is what, in 18? Um they won the CBI tournament, right? You know, the uh, that weird tournament towards the end of the season. They played a given way to start the year and then changed it up and tried to play, be, be more uh, aggressive, shoot a lot more threes. Uh, they, you know, don't have that style now, right? But I think it's just showing you that Grant McGasson can change, you know, his, uh, his approach. And, uh, you know, he's got more slowing it down. He said because they, they don't really have the depth, right? But they're very, very good under uh, their defensive guy, Ross Hodge. 
good coach there. He's going to be probably a head coach pretty soon. I don't know. Maybe Western wants that guy. Um, 2019 started out like strong. I think they won 20 games that year and then lost like the last eight, nine games or something like that, right? A lot of injuries uh, for the squad. Uh, they were limping. I, I saw them. I was covering the conference tournament that day. I, I came in on like the Friday or something like that. And I saw them. Uh, was it Ryan Woolridge and uh, 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 Zach Simmons just like limping <laughs> into the race? Somebody forgot their phone or something like that. Uh, anyway, so from 20 to 22, right? you win the CBI in 18. From 20, regular season title. 21, Conference USA tournament title. 22, regular season title, right? This year has been very impressive. 15-game win streak, very impressive. You only lose to UAB in conference, and then you avenge that one later before losing to UTEP in the final game of the season. Super impressive. 16-2 and two on the season. Um, going to UAB was uh, like a highlight when everybody talked about that one. Uh, going to Louisiana Tech, beating them there. Again, super huge buckets from Tyler Perry in crunch time in both of those. What's not talked about as much is that North Texas was down big against Louisiana Tech, made a huge comeback, right? Uh, it was like a 10-0 run, something like that, to, to get back in it. Um, slowly, surely chipping back at things. Same thing with UAB. Uh, allowed UAB an 11-0 run, uh, and they were down, something like that, like... Um, uh, it was like six or eight before executing. I think what's what's remarkable about North Texas is their ability to execute even when the chips are down. And you can see if you watch just this UAB game, uh, the U UTEP game, very similar stuff. Um, UTEP was up. It looked like they were going to blow it away. I think any other team was like, well, game's over. Uh, you know, North Texas goes on a 12-2 run to, to, to get it close, but then you UTEP starts pulling away again. It's like fifty-two to forty-three. That's right about time to maybe pull in your your backups and just kind of let it go. But North Texas kept chipping away at it, kept playing, kept playing hard, kept diving on the floor for loose balls, kept missing free throws. Um, I thought North Texas had like the most unlucky things that any basketball team can have. Right, you can control like your shots not falling. Right, uh, you're in foul trouble. Um, free throws are not going in, and you know you're just turning the ball over. You know like. Just stuff that you yeah you can control but not necessarily like they stole the ball but a guy had his foot on the on the out of bounds right the the end line stuff like that so I was impressed with the way they competed I think that's a that's an indicator like in basketball nothing's gonna go your way every time right so you can only control your effort and your defense and I think North Texas brings their defense and their effort every time the only times that they, you know they've been down right they've been they haven't played well. If you've watched closely, they haven't really done well since that UAB game. The offense has been in a little bit of funk, but you know they're still efforting out there, right? Giving it everything they have. Uh, they finished third in offensive efficiency, number one in defensive efficiency, ninety-two point eight. They're just ridiculously uh, good defensively. They just do not give up good shots. It's, they're not like a they don't get a lot of steals. They just don't give up good shots. It's always tough shots every time. Everything's challenged. Nothing's easy. Um, here, if there's a knock in North Texas, they turn the ball over too much, right? Um, and uh, can't hit free throws. But, but they get to the line a lot, and also um, they get a lot of tons of offensive rebounds, right? They get a lot of putbacks. Um, again, effort stuff. There's a reason why they're the favorites. I think. Um, 
I don't know. I was reading about the at-large process today. Basically, Wednesday is when the committee is going to submit their at-large thing. I don't know that North Texas gets in there, but if you care about the chances there, I think that 15-game win streak when everybody was paying close attention, that's going to put you in. You're like, hey, they won 15 games, won the regular season. Sure, they lost maybe that last one. Let's put them in. I think, you know, at least they need like 9 of 12 people to say that for them to get an at-large bid. I think like five of them say yeah. Uh, but North Texas is still in that, hey, we're going to consider them. I think I talked about it, right? If you get like four votes of that or you win your regular season one, they're going to be in that category that let's consider them when it comes down to things. Like maybe we can put them in. They're good, but maybe we don't all think they're all good and they just kind of maybe get in late. I don't think that's terrible. Uh, it, it's all just evidence of how good North Texas has been, right? You, to win all these games, like Conference USA is a good league. Uh, the West Division, as we've said, is a good division. Um, you know, for everything I just said about Louisiana Tech winning with a buzzer beater, they also played them at home and beat them by seven in a solid performance, right? Just handled business, executed down the stretch, defended well, et cetera, et cetera. No slip-ups until that UTEP game. And, you know, like I said, UTEP's rising, and there was also nothing to really play for at that point, you know, and still good effort. All the while. They're tough. Um, look at their roster, right? Uh, Thomas Bell, 6'5 guy. He can't shoot worth the nothing, but he finds a way to hit big shots. If you remember his performances last year, I think he went like 0 for 6 against Western Kentucky. I remember seeing the tweets about it like, take him out the game. This guy's going to kill us. And then he hits a big three against Western late, right? Uh, he, you, he can defend basically 1 through 5. He defended Charles Baskin's spots last season. He's a beast, right? Uh, he gives teams fits. He's a senior. He's experienced. Um, he's added some playmaking roles to his abilities, uh, to you know, to his workload, to his bag now. Um, he touches the ball a lot. He's a big part of the offense. He hasn't played well in recent games. Like He still put up points, but teams are defending him differently. Uh, not letting him get in the post up, get on the block and execute because he's been good there. They've been shading his left side. And so, you know, he's had to change up his game. Last year, he was more of a like a stretch four kind of guy, like a slashing stretch four and guy fly in for an offensive rebound, get a dunk. This season, they've asked him to kind of play closer to the basket. Um, and I think that's kind of hurt him a little bit because he doesn't get to touch the ball and drive from outside. It's all been inside. And as teams have said, okay, we're going to let him get that and then kind of swarm him a little bit, he struggled. Uh, Abu Usman has been very good. Uh, if you watched him closely last season, you must be a North Texas fan. But he had spot minutes where he did some good things. In the title game, he had like two good minutes against Charles Bassey in spot minutes for Zach Simmons. Uh, he's coming to his own this year. And, you know, he had a stretch there where he's gotten like 20-point games in a row. He had 21 against uh, against Southern Miss, against UTEP and UTSA. He had 17 each. He had 22 against Marshall. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 22 against Marshall. Um, you know, he's good for about 10 points a game. Uh, and, and he only had two in his last one. He kind of struggled in that one. He missed a dunk against UTEP. Uh, but against teams like, say, Louisiana Tech, right? He had 13 uh, against them, uh, against uh, Kenneth Lofton in that matchup. Against UAB, he had nine. Big points, too, uh, against Florida Atlantic. There was a stretch. He, I think he had like three, four straight um, to kind of pull North Texas in where, like I said, there's a cadence to it. 
buckets. Get a stop. Get a bucket. Get a stop. Get a bucket. Nothing fancy. I've seen a couple broadcasts where other teams are like, you know what? I don't know what's so special about this North Texas team. They're they're not that good. They don't really do. They don't wow you or anything. And then they look up and they're like, well, we're down ten with six minutes to go. That's <laughs> that. That's what happens with North Texas. They're they're not super sexy. Uh, they don't have fancy stuff. They don't have a fancy offense. It's very deliberate. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of that's execution. That's Thomas Bell doing dirty work. That's Usman doing, you know, dirty work inside setting screens or rolling. Uh, Tyler Perry has been the highlight, right? Just big, big, super huge shots, unafraid of the moment, crossing dudes up, hitting buckets. He can be trapped, and he has been trapped by UAB, by UTEP. Um, you know, they like Keontae Kennedy did a good job against him. Uh, making him work for some things. He didn't really play well against UTEP. Uh, you know, he had 15, but, um, you know, he, I think he fouled like four times. Uh, he had some iffy passes. Like, sometimes you can make, play good defense and doesn't show up on a stat sheet, right? Like, you make a guy make an off-target pass. He completed the pass, it wasn't a turnover, but it was off-target. And so the guy doesn't score, right? Doesn't assist him. That's a good play. And I think they did that to Tyler Perry a little bit. Um, he had 15 in the game, and he had two threes, right? Um, it's fine. I, his The thing is that you look at his point totals, right? You're like 25 against UAB, but it's like 14 here, like nine against Louisiana Tech, but he had an absolutely gigantic three against him. Like the only uh, – his only one of the game. You know, um, that's the thing about him in, in North Texas is that they've been hitting big shots – it could be a weakness for him, right? If you're like, well, how do you beat North Texas? Like, well, let them be deliberate offensively. They'll, they sometimes won't take the first good shot, which is a thing that a deliberate offense should take, right? Take a good enough shot. North Texas will keep looking, keep looking, keep passing. And then sometimes it ends up where Tyler Perry has the ball with like three seconds left at the top of the key and it's being asked to make some make something happen, right? Uh, Mardrez McBride, big shot hitter, uh, has hit. Big shots his whole career. Last year, he hit that one uh, against uh, Western, right? Uh, late in that game. Uh, I think it was like three for seven from three in that one, three for six against Louisiana Tech. Uh, he, was just, he went on a crazy streak there, just hitting big threes when it mattered. Uh, I think, yeah, there was a one to, to tie it, right, against in the championship game. Ruben Jones was, didn't play last year in the in the tournament. He's been huge. He's been hitting spot-up threes. Uh, that was kind of a concern whether or not he was going to do that, right? Spot-up three maker. Aaron Scott had, like, freshman of the week a couple times. Uh, he's, like, a, the backup big. He's only 6'7". He kind of plays smallish sometimes where he'll, like, do a slashing thing where, like, Uzman will turn and try to dunk on you. Uh, Aaron Scott will try to do an up and under. He can kind of make some freshman mistakes, and we saw that. UTEP got him on the floor, and he got in foul trouble, right? Made some silly mistakes. That's how you beat a North Texas. You make their young guys have to make a lot of decisions, um, you know, and then, you know, put them on the spot. J.J. Murray, former walk-on, just tenacious defender, on-ball defender. He's not like Quan Jackson or Keontae Kennedy, who relies a lot on athleticism. That's not to say J.J. is not athletic, but he's 6'1", 180. You know what I mean? It's not like he's a freak of nature out there. He's just regular-sized kind of deal. Uh, but he's tenacious. He can sneak in there with an easy bucket. Uh, he gets a lot of steals. He's just ridiculously tough. 
Uh, he made it a little tough on on like Sylvie Boom, uh, Jelly Walker at times. Even though those guys got buckets, he just made it tougher for them to get buckets. Uh, you know, that's that's basically North Texas, right? You know, they have a couple guys like Hamir Wright coming off the bench, but he doesn't come off the bench. He doesn't play. Uh, he he had a lot of minutes for Washington, right, a Pac-12 team, and he's not playing at all. Didn't play last four or five games. He played a little bit against Southern Miss, but like for two two seconds, right? If there's a weakness for North Texas, it's that they're, like I said, very small, like it's in short, and um, and uh, they're not very deep, right? They go seven guys. It's the five dudes I mentioned, right? Um, Perry, uh, well, Ruben Jones, Murray, McBride, Bell, Usman, and then Aaron Scott will come in, and then Tyler Perry comes in. Tyler Perry plays a ton of minutes, but he comes off the bench, right? So that's it. That's the whole squad. Um, if any of those guys start getting into foul trouble, you know, question time, right? Who's going to step up? The deal is that Grant McGaslin is a great coach. Uh, he schemed up some really good things uh, for, like, Western last year. You see him pull out the clever things for the for the big games. Uh, he's won everywhere he's been, right? You know, last year I thought was a remarkable one uh, run, uh, just of coaching, of toughness by the team, and you know, I thought this season was going to be a rebuilding year for North Texas because you know, like, who's going to Thomas Bell was good, but is he a primary guy? Turns out he was. Turns out he is. Uh, Tyler Perry is good, but he's kind of undersized. I mean, can anybody replace Javon Hamlet? No, they couldn't, but they can replace some of what he did. And some of that's Tyler Perry hitting those big shots. Some of that's Thomas Bell making plays. Some of that's Ruben Bell growing into his role. Uh, I think it's underrated that um, uh, Grant McGaston convinced like a Reuben Jones and a Marjorie McBride to stay when they could have left, right? James Reese, he left. He ended up going to South Carolina where I think he's doing pretty well over there. But th- there was a lot of reason to believe that this team was not going to be as good as they are or even as good as last year. Um, so uh, you cannot underrate North Texas' ability to play better and bigger than the they, they should, right? And that's kind of weird to say because they're the number one team. You're like, you know what? They're a little bit underrated because they shouldn't be this good, right? They should be the third, fourth uh, team out there. Um, but they're, they're just good. Full credit to that staff. And you have to say that in this tournament, they are the favorite for that reason because, you know, best coach probably or at least as good of a coach as anybody else. Um, guys that are super tough and played in huge moments, right, you know? Thomas Bell has made huge plays in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, against against conference the conference player of the year, um, you know, in the in the um, 2021 uh, men's basketball championship, he made huge plays when it mattered. Lots of reasons to think that this team, uh, you know, shouldn't do as well as they're doing, and therefore, uh, based on the success they've had, it's reasonable to think that they'll continue to have that success. Um, I, I think North Texas is too much for Charlotte, too much for Rice. Um, you know, and I think I think they pull it out. They're going to have the home crowd, basically, right? The Frisco crowd uh, on that Friday, right? 11.30 a.m. That's kind of a weird time. I think everybody's going to be ready for it uh, against a Western or possible Louisiana Tech. I think it's going to be Tech. That's going to be a tough game. Um, if they can get through that, it's an epic matchup with against UAB. Now, I think that North Texas probably 
has the advantage because of all the things they said. They're at home. They've kind of done it. But it's very difficult to imagine anybody beating UAB just because they, they just have the talent. They have a really good coach. You know, they have an incredible shot-making player too. And if it comes down to it, it's North Texas and UAB. I think UAB is going to be hungry and be on and locked in. And I don't know that North Texas has enough to beat that version of UAB. Right? UAB, in my mind, has been the number one team all season. You know? Uh, but that's why you play. I'm excited to see that. And here's the thing is that I could see one of these two teams slipping up before that just because it's easy to start, you know, getting caught up looking. Um, you know, we saw what happens. You saw how you can beat uh, North Texas. Do what UTEP did. Do what almost Tech did. Do what UAB did early in the season. Make it hard um, on their guards to score. Uh, take the ball out of their hands and, you know, get run out so that the defense can't get set and, and you know, get its teeth into you. That's how you beat North Texas. It's very possible, right? Miss free throws, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, maybe hope that Tyler Perry is not not <laughs> going to hit a three in your eye, right? There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, the preview of the Conference USA tournament in Frisco will be there. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, if you want to, you know, talk to me or something like that, you can hit me up on the Twitters, um, and, uh, we'll have a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you in Frisco.